0: XM 105, Sirius 206, the and Anthony channel. The Ron and Fez show starts right now.
1: Ah, buddies, it's the Ron of Fez show. and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Today, of course, was big announcement day, and as you know, I made the announcement at 8.15 on the Opie and Anthony show, so... Uh, of course, thanks for all the kind words for everybody who heard the announcement um, and all the great things you had to see and say. It was actually a see and say. Uh, we'll get this show started. Of course, Chris Stanley in here. What up? Uh, very, very big day for him because it's Friday and then he starts drinking until Monday morning.
2: No, it's going to be a drinkless weekend because of stupid Lent.
1: All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't. No, I didn't think we blamed Jesus, but no drinking for your Lent. No pills. No, Wait, no marijuana no, cigarettes. No.
2: I'm just. I'm just a drinking No spliffs. <laughs> doobies.
1: Do you? Do you brothers still call it doobies?
2: Every now and then. Were
1: you shocked with the announcement tonight?
2: Kind of blown away. Yeah, I was still. Kind of like my mind was just wiped out. Wow. That's. uh like I'm just a husk of a fucking human being. Well, at least
1: you're okay now, though. <sighs> Somewhat. Uh, a lot to get to uh, today. Uh, a lot up on the iBang. And we go over this, of course, again on O And I know this was your uh, baby, but I did play the I Want My Two Dollars, which <laughs> everybody's ranting and raving about. <laughs> Uh, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet.
2: You can't get enough of this shit.
1: But unfortunately, I did it without you. It's okay, as long as it's out there. That's all that matters. Um, I also just, I want to read off a Ronnie B quote today from the ONA show where Jim Jeffries said that he was doing a show for dwarves for the uh, gathering of this dwarf troupe. And I said to him, do you have to do a shorter set? And I still, I mean, it's the speed of that quote. Great. Um, Eric in Texas, you're on a fez.
0: Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, what, what was the announcement, I I wasn't listening to the Open Anthony show because what? they suck balls. But
1: you guys are awesome. No, uh, you're the one who sucks balls, sir. are in your mouth right now. You, they're, Yes, balls, I didn't think sir. of that. That's why you're doing it. But so they you taste. suck.
2: He chews on them, too.
1: I'm glad you missed the announcement. And I'm glad that only loyal fans of O&A heard that. Not somebody from Texas named
2: Eric. Steers are queers. What do you mean by that? He's a queer. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Todd, you're on the
1: Ron Afez show.
0: Hey, Ronnie, I, I never missed the O&A O&H show, but at 8.15, I was in the
1: bathroom. Could you remake that announcement? Please? No. I'm not, I would never no. do that, Dopey. I would never repeat an announcement that was already made at 8.15 on the O&A O&H show today.
2: Missed out. What are we,
3: headline news? Just going in a continuous cycle, the same stuff? Is no. that
1: what they do? Pretty much. See, I just thought I was having a stroke. So they just say it over and over? Mm-hmm. I only watched New York one.
2: That's the shit. It is weather on the ones, baby.
1: And
3: You know where it is. Uh, you know where to find it.
1: Did you see that new movie uh, that's out? Well, it, the trailer is out for it. It's like uh, four four. F-
2: the, the yeah the four forty four. Last day on earth. All right. Who's the director of that? Abel Ferrara. He
1: uses the New York one guy. It's it. awesome. What is that guy's name? The anchor of New York, New York One? Is that
2: what Sam Champion's
1: on? Or no, is that no, Sam it's Champion. Gross. Come on, dude. This I isn't know. fucking Rhode Island where you just yell out national fucking figures. I thought he was on there. Who's the stud from New York One? The number one guy on New York One? Pat Kiernan, of course. The great Pat Kiernan, who said he does have his, an out in his contract. Uh, that is, if he's offered Regis a spot. Damn. Uh, and so far, nobody else uh, seems to care.
4: <laughs> I have uh, too.
1: Greg Balmore, you're on my fez.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm glad I was in my truck. I was just about to walk out the truck this morning when you made that announcement. And man, it was worth worth being in the truck because man, I, I I wouldn't know what to do if I would have got out the truck. Thank this you. Year.
1: I appreciate it. I I felt like the way that I said it was great too. That was my. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Uh, Tom, you're on Run of Fez. Tom. I'm not going to wait for you any more time. Tim, you're on the Run face Fez show. Uh,
0: uh, pepper Dicks, million bucks. Ronnie, I heard the announcement, and my life will never be the same.
1: None of ours uh, will. It's, it's like 444, last day on earth. That's right. Um, Jeff, you're on the Run face show.
0: Yeah, Ron, uh, unbelievable. Incredible, um oh, the announcement. I feel the same way uh, Yeah. I just don't know what to say
4: after that, eight from eight sixteen on my life has changed.
1: mine too. I'm glad to hear that I'm not alone in it. uh Kevin, you're on the run F show.
4: Good morning, sir. Uh, only regular, I am floored, uh but I I promise I won't tell a soul my lips are sealed, well, especially no Texans will know
1: Thank the you. um the Gogo's put it best when they said our lips are sealed. Although for a long time I was singing "Honest, I Hear You" along with that fucking song, I don't understand why I was that far off. <laughs> and that everyone was like, "I was at a party. Finally, I'm going to like this." "Honest, I hear you." Hey, and people not, are like, "What are you? What hard. are you doing?" I go, "I love that fucking song. Honest, I hear you. That's my favorite." Oh boy. And then my, my other problem is I called him Gagas for a long time. Um. Dan, Ron and Fez Show.
4: Hey, Ron, I heard the announcement this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Tom, you're on the Ron and Fez Show.
0: Ron, I'm just glad you made that announcement, because you got to be honest, Fez would have never got through it.
1: I don't think so either. He's too... I would What I call what Fez has in a thing like that is I call it stupid throat, where you don't make the proper kind of announcement.
2: That throat's got to wise up.
1: Did I ever tell you what broadcasting school I went to? No. Called the fucking streets, Pepper. That's the broadcasting school.
2: School hard knocks?
1: No. I already told you. Just the street. Somebody hard knocks me. Ouch. (laughs) Um, Brat, you're on my face.
0: Ron, I heard the announcement. I laughed. I cried. I shit myself.
1: Well, that's going to happen sometimes. Uh, Jack, Arizona.
0: Hey, I was just going along with my daily life at work, and I remember when you made that announcement. I'll never forget this day.
1: Well, it's just one of those uh, unforgettable broadcasting jobs.
2: Where were you when that thing went down?
1: Yeah. Everybody will remember where they were. And it'll be one of those things. I just, right away... I'm thinking the whole time I'm saying it, why I'm making the announcement, I'm thinking to myself, I'm speaking to future generations right now. I mean, people who aren't even born now will probably be listening to that decades.
3: Well, you have to even assume not even just humans, because since we're satellite radio and it just goes, you know, off satellites.
1: You know what? I'm glad that you brought up the because we're not humans or not only humans, because until I saw the video, Sad Dog, Sad Song... I did not know that dogs could be moved by music. Now, Hicks, you don't have a dog, right? Oh, no, never had a dog. If you were to, to say that a dog could feel bad from a sound...
2: Uh, no, I mean, it's, just, it's a dog. It, it should always always be happy.
1: Yeah. Oh. Look at that sad dog. Dogs. There we go. Turn up the sound. This, look how sad that dog is. is and he's awesome. crying and looking at himself in the mirror. Uh, no,
2: he's looking down. Like, he's yes. about himself.
1: I'm telling you, he's remembering an ex girlfriend.
3: Oh. Some bitch in his past.
1: Now, I don't know whether you're familiar with the singer. Her name is Uddaly. And she did very, very good at the Grammy Awards this year. It's oh, a deal. Um, Stephen Philly, your own running fest.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I was blown away by how fast the remixes and auto tunes of the announcement were out on the web.
1: I mean, it was nuts. Some of that shit, I feel like I should put a cease and desist on. Let's get the fucking lawyers involved. Then when I thought to myself, when I say ceased, it already means desist anyway. So I'm just going to send out a cease uh, thing and, and slow things down a little bit. It's not a fuck with their heads. Fuck with all of our heads right now. DMT this shit. All right. Uh, Phil, you're my fez.
5: Hey Roddy B how you doing? I just wanted to say nine eleven, how about eight fifteen? Where were you when the world stopped turning?
0: You
1: know, uh, and I don't I'm not saying that people should write songs about the announcement, but perhaps they could if they weren't so fucking lazy. But the thing is, I'm not trying to beat nine eleven. Okay. Just tie it. I never want to pass it. Uh, it is the Ron face show. Uh, I know you sent this in, Hicks, too, to the iBang Bang. Uh, bird versus lion. Guess who wins? I like. That. Without even saying, I'm gonna say the lion.
3: I guess lion too.
1: Check this shit out.
6: Oh.
3: Oh. Yeah, oh, and I kept him
6: yeah, oh, oh,
1: That's amazing. Oh,
6: yeah. uh,
1: Snatches a bird out of midair.
2: Uh, and they're having a good time with it. Oh. Uh,
3: <laughs> 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 holy shit.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: unbelievable.
2: The bird was stupid for hanging out there anyway. <laughs> the bird yes, do don't, don't know. There's a fucking jungle in the middle of the city. The fuck's probably fucking some fuck uh, first, uh,
1: first of all, who made you bird defendant? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you Your Honor? snapping <laughs> at him for calling a bird stupid? A dead bird that isn't even going to hear this. Because
2: the bird doesn't know what
1: it's no doing. It's just hanging out on a power plant. The bird's this. biggest fucking thing is to know where the cats are. What uh, else do you got to do if you're a bird? The only cats has got to deal with are house cats.
2: It comes out of nowhere and it's fucking cage lions. What do you mean the
1: only birds that's going to deal with is house cats? And the, only
2: cats the, only, the only cats that a bird usually has to deal with are house cats. I mean, you know, in the in the big city. How did it not see those fucking lions there? I
1: could
5: see them the whole time. How do you time. even
1: know where this fucking thing was done? It might be in Africa. Oh, there might this... be fucking lions in that zoo and on the outside of the fences. Uh, since there wasn't a step,
2: I figured it
1: was... I didn't even think of that. If you're like... In a fucking, if you're in Africa, right? Yeah. And you go to the zoo, it would be like us like taking a trip through a backyard and paying for it. <laughs> it would be the exact same shit that you see all the time. Like, oh, there's a swing set. Oh, look, they have a trampoline.
2: Oh, a zebra. No, That's like a dog. That's a there, whole pepper. different thing.
1: The zebra's in Africa, not in our backyards.
2: It should be, though. You didn't why, know why? where I was going with it, why, did why, it? Why, you? You didn't fucking know where I was going. Why don't we import zebras into America? They're not important enough. Uh. I always
1: say it's good to feel important, but it's better to be imported. Or something like that. Um, Mike, you're on the Run Face Show.
4: Oh, hey, Billy. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I, I, you kind of screwed me, brother. I listen every day, and the announcement was supposed to be at 11. Unfortunately, I didn't catch up being empty this morning, so I don't know what the deal
1: is. Yeah, the deal is you got to listen to O&A every day.
4: I do, but at 8.15, I was working. I took an early lunch to catch the 11 o'clock announcement. Ah.
1: Uh, now I feel kind of bad for you, bro.
4: Well, I appreciate that, but I, you know, I do, I have a loyal listener, brother.
1: I don't know. It doesn't sound
4: like it. Come on, man.
1: Come on, man. What's your job? <laughs> what I you like, to, d- yeah.
3: And a lunch at eight fifteen.
1: See, you never know when to keep up with me. Sometimes I'm on O and A with Jim Jeffries and Kevin Pollock. Other times I'm on the Ron Fez show, telling Chris Stanley that we don't have zebras in our backyard. We could. Why do you always zig when I think you're going to zag? When you think zig, that's when I zig. Oh, wait, so. So zigzag means to go one way or the other, right? I think so, yeah. Like, you know, so like, then a straight line is just a zig. Wow. And the zigfeld girl, yeah, you should. And the zigfeld girls are just straight line girls. Why would you just go get zigzag rolling papers and put them up <laughs> on your fucking screen? That's, Which, what,
2: that's what I think about when a zig and zag comes up.
1: So cool. <laughs> That is so cool, like rolling papers.
2: That's yeah, right now.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of which, fucking that nutty show that Davey e. was on. on
2: True TV. His first acting gig.
1: I sent him a text, and he wrote back to me. Uh, and I'm, we're talking about Eastside side, Dave, who was on World's Dumbest commercials, where they seem to make up products and then make fun of them. I think The
2: products are real.
1: Was the commercial real?
2: The commercial wasn't real, but the product was real. If they get a real infomercial for the product, they'll play the infomercial. But if there isn't an infomercial for the product, they'll make one up, as they did last night.
1: Do you think this is going to pick up a lot of new work for Dave?
2: I think so. I'm
1: glad he's finally gotten on the the television I feel like... Boob tube, as I like (laughs) to call it.
2: He can become a world's dumbest player, where they keep using them in all the world's dumbest commercials. Oh, I didn't know that they were called that. I think I just made that up. But then Damn. you're doing fucking great at it.
3: I kind of want that ass pad.
7: Mm.
1: Uh, You also had this fucking weird trailer up on the iBang called, uh, is it The Meaning of... Uh, Meaning of Robots. The Meaning of Robots. It looks like a Blade Runner, but it's real life.
2: Yeah. This, this, watch this trailer. It looks exactly like the inventor's room in Blade Runner.
1: And here's what I don't understand. He's this weird kind of dude, and I get it that he's making robots, yeah. but why does he have such old, dusty
2: robots? How
1: long has he been doing
2: this? He's been uh, years. It's been decades. That this guy's been... And
1: the point is, this is all robots that will have sex with each other. That's yeah. his thing.
2: His whole goal is to make a, a um, stop-motion robot sex movie, and he has thousands of robots of all shapes and sizes with balls and dicks. And you know, anatomically correct. Mm. And he's going to have them fuck each other. There's one, there's just a giant robot cock. And then there's breasts.
1: And it just, looks like it's the best documentary I want to mm. see
3: this. Why does, why does Rick Rubin want these robots to fuck each other? <laughs> see, I was
1: going to say Ian Anderson.
2: <laughs> Look, he has a cool. horse, horse cock robot.
1: <laughs> why is Aqualung so fucking interested in robot sex?
2: It's real fucking nuts.
1: Did you feel bad for that dog that was listening to Adele?
2: I feel. I felt mad at the owner for making the dog feel bad. I felt worse for that bird.
1: Forget the bird. We're trying to focus on something else, and that's the dog. I did not know until today the dog had feelings. I didn't know that a dog could feel sentimental pain.
2: That dog was hurting. Poor bastard.
1: Hmm. I can't believe I turned down talking with Walken. I'm going to fucking regret that for the rest of my life. Um, John, in Montana, you're on a Fez.
4: Ronnie, I could not believe Jim Jeffries' reaction. I mean, this is the reason people moved to America.
1: Right. I think he yelled out, Blimey, or something like that. Is I can't it, tell. Is it
4: Crikey, maybe? What is it? Crikey? Crikey. <laughs>
2: crikey, mate! <laughs>
1: I didn't even know this, but Opie actually does a really fucking strong Australian accent. No clue. Uh, Luke, you're on the Run of first show.
0: Hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that yesterday, that band that you guys played, the um, the Royal Southerners or whatever, they were ace. Hey, they were terrible. Don't ever play that again.
7: Uh,
1: let me just say, I want to try to see if I have a drop that says fuck you, Luke, or you're a dick, Luke, or who gives a fuck what you think,
2: Luke. Drown in hell, you cock fuck.
1: Jim Jeffries explained to us today, and I'm going to check on this. He said that in England, a man's penis hole is called a Jap eye.
2: Wait, what? And according what?
1: Uh-huh. to Mr. Jeffries, they will actually saying on TV. That... Doesn't sound right. They're
2: a racist little island. They listen, it ain't back in the day. The sun does set on the British Empire. So they shouldn't be dropping this jet. <laughs> that side is thing. true. You know? I mean they should pretty, make that announcement. Yeah, they're relegated that one island pretty much.
7: Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh, 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 ooh. James, you're a Fez.
0: Ronnie B, how are you, sir?
1: I'm Peaches. Excellent.
0: Uh, so am I so I wasn't crazy. That was fucking Dave on uh, True TV last night.
1: You watched that uh, channel and you didn't? What?
0: I saw it and I told my wife that that looks exactly like Dave. But I, yeah. you know, I didn't think anyone would actually <laughs> try to get Dave
2: on
1: TV. No, they Dave did. I don't Dave
2: know how he got the gig. Who found him for it? He got it connected. True TV, a guy that um, knows Dave from the radio, and then he had Dave write jokes. To for the uh, for the people who just pop up and do comments right. on the products Oh, beautiful and then uh they they said they liked the jokes, but he couldn't get on it as a pop talking head so like we'll put right. you in the, we'll put you in the commercial then oh, Wow, right, that's nice get him in
1: did uh what's that
0: do they think eventually they might get him in as as you know leaf replacement with the ds or I can't or whatever.
1: imagine that the show will last, but other than that it's on his resume Hell yeah, and his i m d b or MDib. As the kids call it. He's got a reel
2: now. Ooh, 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 ooh. I found a post from UK to DearCubit.org saying, I think the size of my Jap's eye is too big. They're just fucking awful. That's terrible.
1: They are such racist that I'm glad the Beatles broke up. And I'm glad Diana was killed.
2: Oh God, that's a bit much. I mean... I and if she... I
1: would have done the uh, headlines... I would just put, finally, another dead racist. No, or now who's got the Jap side, <laughs> you fuckers. Candle in the wind. What do you mean by that?
3: Elton John. Just every time I think of Diana. Huh? Every time I think of Diana.
1: Why think. Why Candle in the Wind? Song about Marilyn Monroe.
2: I just think of Jap side now when, when I think of Diana. That's I think
1: it. I'm turning Japanese. Oh, God. By the Vapors. By the it's the only band that I said with a southern accent, even though they don't deserve it. The Vapors. Well, they got the Vapors. <sighs> What's going on with uh, the Paris Hilton?
2: Oh, boy. Well, looks like she's teamed up with the music producers, manufactured superstars, and has busted out a new hit. She had, she tried to go with a musical career a few years ago, probably uh, 10 years ago. Uh, All right,
1: anymore. this is up on the bang, And, you know, Paris Hilton... Was supposed to be Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Like everything that Kim Kardashian's doing, Paris Hilton paved the
2: way. And Kardashian was friends with Paris Hilton when Paris Hilton was blowing up. They partied together. You know more about this than anyone I've ever met before. That's right, yeah. She was just in page six at Kim Kardashian back in the day. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I remember when Paris was the page six girl before her show yeah. and i used to go I used to go?
1: why are they writing about this kid dancing at a club how's that fucking news yeah the
2: hilton sisters getting hammered at a party right well
1: her, she kind of stopped being hot now it's a big big we'll do a smash your trash on this 866 ron zero fez 866 ron zero fez oh i already see they removed the video
2: oh jesus christ that's not good why would that happen? I don't know. Why would they pop shit on me? Hey, this just isn't your day today. I'm getting fucked. I feel depressed and angry.
3: I'm trashing this video because of this.
2: All right. I have
1: just gotten word that in the next break, Fez Watley is going to be here. And he'll be doing the second announcement of the day. Oh, Jesus. So my announcement this morning, of course, was the big announcement. And now Fez's announcement will be his side of that, his version, if you will. Oh boy. Shit's gonna get crazy. Well, you know, I don't like to use the word copycat because we're adults. Uh oh. Daniel Manifest.
4: Hey, bodies. Hey, Ronnie, I always thought that was the technical word for that was a dickhole, not a japs eye. You always call it a dickhole. Yes. I like that better.
1: Well, I like your bluntness. A lot of people will pussyfoot around that. But you jump into it.
2: Yeah, is a traditional name for your japs eye.
1: Um, and we'll try to find that... Um, that Hilton thing to uh, update on. Uh eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. Um, let's go over here to Dan in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Hey Ron, I heard the
0: announcement this morning, but what I don't understand is what did you mean when you said only in New York?
1: Well, I like to say that whenever I do anything, I always go, like, only in the arc is, like, a thing to point out that this is the only place that it'll happen.
2: Nowhere else. Yeah. Just a big city, baby.
1: I say that sometimes after a murder, if I see it.
2: Oh, it's okay. You see it.
1: Yeah. Or if I come up on it. <laughs> Or a lot of times I'll just hang around the emergency ward, and when they're pushing people in, I'll yell, "Only in New York, huh?" I'm dying. There you are doing your soldier voice. God, do your impression of a of a soldier.
2: Oh my God! My guts are hanging out of my stomach. I can see that. Oh, now I'm on fire.
7: <laughs>
2: there he is, crying and dying. Crying and dying. Yeah, yeah. Pussy. Hey, you should just die. Just trying to paint a picture.
1: Who's on the phone today, Fred? Yeah. Ask him to slow down a little bit. Tell him I want to go at a fucking rate that just squeezes the entertainment out of the show. That poor
2: Adele. She's been through a lot, hasn't she? Oh yeah, those breakups have made her a lot of money.
1: Uh, Mike, you're on the Fest Show.
0: Hey, I got a moral conundrum, Ronnie. I've got oh this time no, it's, it's a moral
4: conundrum. conundrum. Conundrum.
0: I got this time machine at the Radio Shack. Should I go back this morning to eight fifteen, or should I go forward this afternoon to the O and A replay?
1: um that's an interesting idea i think if you want to go forward just stay where you are because we're all kind of time travelers when you think about it it's just that we travel incredibly
2: slowly we're real time, yeah. time travelers.
1: we travel at the rate of one second per second
2: oh, We gotta speed that up a little bit somehow why i don't know get through this thing Let's all see right let
1: happens. me let me try to time travel okay and I'm here from three seconds ago.
2: Oh, wow. How'd you disappear like that? Your world is somewhat odd to me. This language is different. What's happened?
1: Uh Brian, you're on the Run of Fest show.
0: Ronnie, you've done it again. You're a true legend. Iron Man of Radio. Great job.
1: Oh, uh, why? Because they did two shows. Yeah. Only would only in radio would anyone be impressed with someone working eight hours. Fucking killing it. I mentioned this to Opie today when he was bitching about radio. I go in any other job, what we're doing right now would be considered a break. <laughs> <laughs> and we should be able to. Just it. like, hey, you guys fucking stop <laughs> acting like you're in a fucking army man on fire. <laughs> And get back to work now where you'll actually go home and go like this. I was so good doing that Army Man on Fire bit. I don't know. Did you see this Paris Helen fucking music video? I should get a raise. Yeah, I was checking out shit on the internet. Most people, if they're like looking at stuff on the internet, will just hear
6: Jetson! Yeah.
1: But, oh, wait. That was your startled voice? How's like, a ah.
6: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. The boss is here.
1: Kevin Pollack is looking over his shoulder right. right now. Right. Oh, boy. The young Impressionists <laughs> are coming up so fast. What wonder
3: what a startled army man it would
6: sound like. <laughs> <gasps> 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 oh, fuck. I can't <laughs> fucking believe it.
1: All right. They're saying that they pulled uh, that from
2: the entire Internet. Good God. What did Paris Hilton do?
3: So they could pull that video from the internet, but the other one is still out there
1: for doing the sex. Jason. Doing the sex. Jason.
4: Hey, good morning, buddies. I got a spy report.
2: Spy report. Spy report. Spy report.
4: I was watching. Spy report.
2: Spy report. Go ahead.
4: Tuesday night spy Jay Leno du- during the monologue. Spy, spy,
6: report. Swear, with about spy report
4: Spy report Spy report. Spy report. I saw Opie and Anthony. Spy report. Uh, during Jay's monologue.
1: Yeah, they were out there. Um a lot of times Opie will fly out, watch the monologue, and then get back here in the morning to do his show.
2: Private jet. Yeah. Just banging back and forth coast to coast. <laughs> must
1: hmm.
3: be nice.
1: I took a public jet to the coast. It was much bigger than most private jets. Nice. And filled with strangers.
2: Uh-oh, that sucks.
1: And then we all watched movies on our laptops. (laughs) And drank uh, Coke out of very small little plastic cups.
2: Ugh. No, thank you. Could I get a big adult man's cup, please? Sorry, we only have children's size.
1: Up on the uh, InteraBank today... Uh, of course, it's Filtered Excellence, which has the Independent Spirit Awards, the Oscars, All-Star uh, basketball stuff, but also when Oscar blew it. Uh, give me one of yours, sixes, something that you thought Oscar fucked up big
2: time. Okay. Lord of the Rings, the third one, Return of the King. Mm-hmm. That one over Lost in Translation... And Mystic River for Best Picture. Oh, it deserved to get all the technical awards and visual effects. Sure, they had you know, giant army battles; There was all CGI. But to win over Lost in Translation and Mystic River as the best film is totally insane. That movie had like a forty-minute ending that kept on going on and on and on. It, it was it was better as a book for kids as opposed to a movie that to win the Academy Award, the, the best movie of the entire year. And the first two didn't fucking win. I, the, whatever. It, it's no, just,
1: seriously, you were there. You were there, and then you gave up on it. It's you were very, doing so it's good. It's very
2: frustrating. What's the translation of Mr. were both better films?
1: Fuck. Well, all right. Uh, Zito, it's up on the, uh, of course, in TerraBank today. And that's the iBang on Twitter But uh, give me one of the films that you thought, or or anything at all, where Oscar blew it.
3: I think Oscar really blew it when Dances with Wolves was the best picture.
1: You don't sit around, because it'd be good, fellas. But don't you and your buddies sit around doing Dances with Wolves lines with each other? Uh, No. If
3: anything, when somebody asks, uh, somebody says you're funny, we will then quote, the whole good fellas thing. No one quotes dances with wolves.
1: i quote it a lot of times, like if a wolf comes to my yard and stuff like yeah. that, I'll go, If he comes back tomorrow, I will call him two socks.
3: Uh, a lot of wolves coming to your yard.
1: If he comes back tomorrow, I will call him Japsai.
2: Turned inja. Turned injin didn't you? Right? That was from that. Turned inja. <laughs> I might be illiterate. Or at the very at the very least, highly dyslexic. It's fucking really bad. <laughs> try it now, because I can fucking cut this and fix it in post. Oh, go good. All right, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, try it. Turned an engine, didn't
7: you?
3: <laughs> oh, uh. you're a funny guy, Pepper.
1: <clears throat> funny how? Funny how? Like an Indian? Like a wolf with two socks. How am I funny? You fucking said I was funny. You see, you should have seen your face, Henry. I told you this. uh, you're a Goodfellas fan, Zits? Oh yeah. All right. You know the place up on Fifty Seven, the little Italian restaurant that has like the big nose uh, out front. Mm-hmm. I'm in there, and the guy. My waiter, I'm looking at him I'm like, this fucking guy looks so familiar to me. I can't uh, st- uh, stand it anymore. Who is this guy? Then I figure out he's Kid Joe Pesci. He's fucking Kid Joe Pesci from the fucking movie. And he's still the same size.
7: Oh,
3: awesome. Uh, but Kid Joe Pesci was like your waiter now? Yeah. That's a bummer for Kid Joe Pesci.
1: <laughs> and he actually, he goes like this when he sees you. Hi, Andre. How you doing? That was always his thing. Seriously?
3: Hi, Andre. Can you give him a bigger tip if he did that?
1: He was also in the Sopranos where he played young Joe Pesci.
3: I don't like to hear these stories because I always imagine like once you're on TV, once you're just taken care of. And it sucks to imagine that you have to go back to a normal job. Uh
1: Jeff, you're on the Run of Fest show.
8: Hey, buddies. Uh, even though
4: Platoon won Best uh, Picture and Best Director, they should have gave Best uh, Supporting Actor to Tom Berger. He hasn't done crap since, but he was phenomenal in Platoon.
1: Well, I Tom will agree, agree with that, but long. the thing is, so was Willem Dafoe in the same movie, and they were yeah. both up. And I, I bet that they fucking split the vote
2: in half. Definitely. They were amazing in that fucking movie. Yeah, I love Berger in that
1: movie. He's a
2: total psycho.
1: What are you doing? Saving your money up to be Jewish? It was like the world's <laughs> worst fucking joke.
7: Um,
1: let's go over here to uh, John. John, you're on Manifest.
0: Hey, do uh, you guys remember in um, Dances with Wolves when they said to the
3: Tonkin? That was the best.
1: It was to Tonka, not to Tonkin. That's a fucking Chevrolet place down in fucking Philly.
3: You're talking about the Intercontinental Champion?
1: He was good.
2: I tell you. Yeah.
1: Until... What did they take from Tatanka? Didn't he have something that they stole from him? A bag was of like dust. A, was it a feather? Yeah. Then he couldn't get a bag of dust. What <laughs> fucking wrestler would go around with his own bag of dust? I don't
9: know. Like Yokozuna, <laughs> Mr. Fuji.
2: Where's my bag of dust Dad? <laughs> like if he's doing the, fu- the dance and he's throwing shit in the fire. That's what... Like a shaman.
1: That's what Asians do, you fucking <laughs> racist. Be ready to play the sad dog again. Okay. Um, let's go over here to Greg. Greg, you're on the Run of Fest show.
4: Hey, Ron. How are you doing, bud?
1: Good. I feel bad uh, for a sad dog, but other than that, I'm good.
0: Oh, that's all right. You know, he'll be a better... Uh, yeah, what about fucking Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption losing the Forrest Gump? Not
1: any
0: uh, think.
1: You know, Forrest Gump is one of those movies that, as time has gone by, I've just grown to hate. And, uh, of course, Pulp Fiction should have won that year. But Shawshank was also there. Quiz Show was even there, which is another terrific fucking movie that's been playing on uh, HBO uh, all month. Um. But you look at that and you're saying to yourself, how could this fucking happen? What is wrong with those people? The other film that year was Four Weddings and a Funeral. And that was Fred's. Fred said as a child he laid down and cried. God, Fred. Because Shawshank didn't win.
2: Did you know he was such an Um, Shawshank took place in Ohio. Okay. <laughs> Did you I, th- think- I thought, wait, no. Oh, I thought she was New England. I thought it was in New England. No, I feel like my brain is fucking just, just. I'm a New slurry. Anglophile.
7: <laughs> I'm a New. Ang-
1: I love everything out of Boston. <laughs> in Inland? <Dindon? laughs> Fuck. You know, it's a, it's a lesson. This this fucking guy laughs at himself. Rather than realizes how dumb he is, he he says, no. "I'm going to shake it off."
2: Brilliant, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm brilliant. I'm a brilliant man. And a new Anglophile, if you will. Um,
1: it is crazy to go over some of these, though, and just see how bad uh, they uh, fuck up. And they do. Uh, here you go. The year... Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Uh, One for Jerry Maguire. And he immediately took that Oscar and started wiping his ass with it by doing some of the worst films ever. Um, Listen to who he beat out. Uh, Edward Norton for Primal Fear. Jesus. uh, James Woods for Ghosts of Mississippi. And William H. Macy in Fargo. This makes no fucking sense.
3: He gave that crazy speech.
1: The speech blew, by the way. I want to fucking say that. It's embarrassing. It was the stupidest fucking thing ever.
2: And James Woods and Macy don't have Oscars, and Cuba Gooding does. That's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, William,
1: you're on the run Fesha show.
0: Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, I thought Oscar fucked up when uh, when Shakespeare and Love. Saving Private Ryan. I didn't care for Shakespeare and love that much. Saving Private Ryan was a great movie. Well,
1: because you're a guy, uh, I like yeah. sh- I like Saving Private Ryan until they actually took the beach, and then I started getting really bored. But when they were on their way to the beach, I'm like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. It was crazy. And then as soon as they got there, and it was just these teen pinups uh, walking around getting killed one at a time, I don't like it as much as most people. Now, I did see shaving Ryan's privates, oh. but that's porn.
2: Hardcore pornography. Why
1: didn't I that was happen? softcore.
3: I'm just shaving.
1: Um, Brad, you're on my Brad. Lost you. Adam, you're on my Hey, guys.
0: Uh, Shawshank takes place in New England, but it was all
1: shot in Ohio. Is this Stephen King?
3: Uh, It is not, no.
1: Too bad. That
3: would have been cool.
1: Do you know the weird fucking thing? Oh, Liam told me. He says, he thinks Stephen King... Well, Stephen King wrote this fucking book, a new book. In the book, they... The guy, one of the characters, is listening to satellite radio. Okay. And the show starts with North American scum. Wait, what the fuck?
2: Yeah. He fucking listens. Stephen King, are you
1: listening? (laughs) If you are, sorry about that anglophile
2: thing. (laughs) What? That fucking, that's... And
1: I got that from Liam. Now, I didn't read it because I'm not going to fucking read a Stephen King book. Because I'm an adult. I hope he doesn't take that personal. But I don't think I've ever read a Stephen
2: King book, to be totally honest with you. And the book's... uh, No, Under the Dome, I think is the book. What
1: do I want to do? Sit around and make myself scared? With a book? I feel uncomfortable now that he
3: might be hearing us talk about how we don't read his books. Uh,
1: Uh... Um, J.R. in Texas.
0: Hey, Mr. B. Uh, you going to go see Active Valor, and did you actually star in it, since there are active Navy SEALs in it?
1: Well, I'm not allowed to talk. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of an inactive and not a Navy SEAL. I'm just an inactive um, human. Uh, is that this weekend? Yes. Today. I have to admit, for this kind of movie, I normally wouldn't be interested in, but because they're Navy SEALs, I am. Check the Rotten Tomatoes for me.
2: I know the post wasn't too keen on it. Uh, Looks like 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty awful. That's only 6%. But the audience is 85% is liking it.
1: I don't go to any movie and at least it's 99%. I see a lot of
2: toy stories.
1: Should be higher except for our friend Hermione White. I go over and check our site now on the Paris Hilton. Um, We may be. If I played the phones right, and I believe I have, uh, we'll be jetting off to the coast. No, I think we may be the only people that have the Paris Hilton video now.
2: Fuck yeah. So
1: tell a friend. Go over to the Interabang and we'll do a Smash or Trash. You can either do it on the site or give us a call. Let's go with that.
10: I went out to the club the other night to, you know, dance with my bitches. That guy was there again. He's like, I'm sorry for what I said last weekend. I told him I didn't mind, which was a lie, but I was equally sorry, and I didn't want to apologize. It was just a drunk text. In my head, I was writing a fiction of us. shot of vodka, and I say, sure, I'm on the dance floor,
1: I thought <laughs> I was going to suddenly pick t- up, i too lazy to type, I'll stop it for a second, she seems like William S. Bro's retarded daughter. Like, remember when they used to try this with Burroughs? Yeah, throw
2: it over the fucking... Yeah. Like, oh. Like,
1: the fucking Clash would be like, all right, let's <laughs> make this shit happen. This would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it never is,
2: though. Just fucking weird.
1: I thought it... I really expected it to blow up at that one point. No, did And it went back. As soon as she still said, bitches, like it was 2002... Yeah. All right, let's go back. At again. the club. The
10: photo I took up a dancer's skirt. <laughs> and tell him to come and get it. Not realizing what I had just said. Later on, she comes up to me, holds up her phone, screaming at me, and I say, I'm sorry, it was just a drunk test. I should have known they knew each other. No one is safe in the Twitter sphere anymore. Take the word sex and mix it with texting. It's called sexting. Oh. When you add legs. drunk sexting, the words just don't make any sense. <laughs> it's a hot mess of misspelled obscenities, body parts, and run on questions. I'm not sure what he means to ask.
1: My best All right, let's stop it for a second. I think it just keeps getting better and better Wait, as this, the song's this,
2: going on. This is a real thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah, she's dropping an album later. Oh this is going to be
2: God. one of the songs off it.
1: This isn't Funny or Die. This is the real fucking deal. Now, by Funny or Die, 900 people will be doing this next week. Uh, hey, Mom, what do you got, buddy?
0: Um, I suddenly have a craving for cock in my ass. trash. Oh,
1: stop it. Stop it. Come on. Stop it! Have a little
2: class about yourself. This is music. This is art.
1: Oh, let's see. Somebody wants to get a shout out here. Uh, happy birthday to diehard fan Matt Trotter. Matt Trotter.
3: Trotter. Happy birthday, Trotter.
2: Come on, Matt.
1: I want to ask you right now: What fucking movie was the lead character's name Trotter? Let it ride. Hold
2: Shit. But I prefer Tony Cheeseburger in that movie. That <laughs> crazy Indian guy that just had his shirt open with bad gold chains. The, his name was fucking Cheeseburger. <laughs> that fucking movie is so fucking much
1: better than, than it's ever gotten credit for. It's awesome. Um Mike Yermanifest.
4: Hey Ronnie. Fucking Detachable Penis, that fucking Paris Hilton song, does that not remind you of that?
1: Uh it was. Mike Yermanifest.
4: I have another. First of all, trash because Parasol is a cunt. and then oh, come
1: on,
0: uh, it sounds like popular, but I'm not a surf. Also, I mm.
1: think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a surf was there first. Um, Brandon, you're on face. Brandon, we lose you.
4: Oh no, I got the hey Ronnie. Uh, just want to know what you thought about uh, Tree of Life for Best Picture this year.
1: Uh, I'm a fan. I know some people despise it, but I was a fan. I think only me and Eastside Dave were the only ones around here who either saw it or liked it. I don't think anybody else ever brought it up. I didn't see it. Um, let's go over here to Will. Will,
4: you're on the fence. Hey, everybody. Um, First of all, honey B, uh, the best line of the day on the ONA show was when they were talking about the uh, using the N-word. Um and they said only a black person could do it, and you said uh, it should be written that only one of them say it, or something mm. like that. Great fucking line. Uh, second, trash that video, but it'd be perfect to bring in Stalker Patty to uh,
1: to cut that. I, uh, you know what? That would actually be great. She would be perfect at it. And by the way, the reason why you thought, uh, thought that was a great line is because of the silence that followed it. You were able to really listen for that line. You didn't hear the laughter fucking covering it up. Um, uh, let's go over here to Dan in Jersey. You're on fez
5: Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. What's going on?
1: What can we do for you?
5: Uh, nothing. I got a, uh, I got an Oscar fuck-up for you. Uh, what's his name? Mickey Rourke and the wrestler losing to Sean Penn and Milk. Mickey Rourke killed it. It's like Sean Penn. Yeah, you're gay. I get it. But Mickey Rourke killed it.
1: Um, And you think uh, that Sean Penn didn't look like a good wrestler in that movie? He was a lot bigger than Sean Penn in that. He was juiced. I can actually do an impression from that movie. You ready? Yeah. I'm Harvey Milk, and I'm here. That's all I have. Just have that. It's good though. He yelled it out like ninety times in the movie. Really? I'm just like I know. Obsessed with telling people who he is, huh? Um, my impression. This is one of the the things from that movie that for me I'll always remember is like so you you're seeing Harvey Milk and of course it's a famous famous story in this country and they come to the scene where he's murdered and in the theater a woman goes like this. This <gasps> <Like, laughs> is it like if you want to see Kennedy.
2: <gasps> oh my what? God! Who wrote
1: this? <laughs> Looks like somebody doesn't read much. I don't know why they had to kill him off at the end. Well, that's what... The Harvey Milk. Yeah, it's. It would have been so much better if he would have ran off with the kid from 127 miles. This is history. Hours, I mean. <laughs> I'm carrying cigars with me, uh, but
2: I'm not smoking. I think I want to break. Maybe I'll just break tonight and just, just get blind drunk. Good. Be bad to Jesus. That'll be your problem.
1: Um. Let's go over here to Todd Germanfes. Hey,
0: buddy, how you doing? Yeah. Nineteen ninety-six Apollo thirteen loses for special effects to the fucking pig movie, babe.
1: Um. Yeah, but you know that fucking pig. You really did think it was real. Yeah, you thought it was talking. It's adorable.
2: That'll do, pig. James Cromwell. Yeah. a buddy.
1: Um, let's head on over here to... Jim, you're on Jim. Lost you. Let's go to John. John, you're Hey, how you doing? What can we do biggest, for you?
0: Biggest Oscar snub ever is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and what do you Gilbert gave. I thought he was literally retarded.
1: I kind of thought he was retarded, too. I mean, a lot of times people bust that kid's balls about, oh, this and that. He's really done some fucking good work. Yeah, now, great. that's not just me saying this, than Scorsese. That's right. So yeah. when I'm speaking, as always, I'm speaking for me and Scorsese. Wow. But yeah, that fucking Gilbert Grape, you did think he was a retarded kid. He channeled it. Good for him. What made me sad is why wouldn't they hire a retarded kid to do that movie? I mean, they have so few chances to be in movies. And then they turn around and give it to Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not like that retarded kid can then turn around and be in Titanic.
2: I feel like he did have a hard time learning the lines.
1: But Titanic would have been a lot funnier. With the whole king of the world, you know, people would have been fucking crazy. He thinks he's king of the world, he thinks he's driving the boat. Um, here's Pat Strong Island, my buddy. Hey, Pat,
0: hey, what's going on, Ronnie? What's oh. up, Pepper? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Titanic beating LA Confidential for best known was just, uh, I mean, Titanic made a ton of money and it's an impressive piece of work, but. Compared to LA Confidential, uh, featuring the great James Cromwell as Dudley Smith.
1: I know. I love LA Confidential. I do.
0: It's the great book, too. And, uh, in, in the, the book's a little different. Dudley Smith actually survives the shootout at the end of the novel and, um, and goes on and he's, uh, and, and, um, the, uh, Ed, uh, the, uh, the main character, uh, Guy Pierce's character, is uh, kind of a background character in the in the novel White Cats, which is an excellent sequel to LA Confidential. Amazing book.
1: Yeah, I think I you know, I we had him in one time and he's such a great writer, but he actually scared you, right?
2: Hicks Um Yeah, he's a kook. He was great. he was great, but just totally totally out there when he came in here with his uh with his check.
1: Uh Charlie you're on the run of face show. Ronnie
0: I understand I'm just a stupid rube to you, but I cannot focus on the show because all week I'm worried about the announcement. And don't go to your late 15. I would go on the phone at 8.15. I know there was nothing there. So please throw us rubes of bone. Please, a little love. The pain is too much. I can't take it. I'm in rude hell right now.
1: Chris, you're 100% correct. Um, I tried to play you all. Only because, quite frankly, I didn't want this announcement to happen. <gasps> this is not something I, I really wanted to ever be involved in. So, um, since Chris can't handle it anymore, uh, we will get to the announcement. Um, I'll tell you what we are going to do. I'm going to break here. I'm going to get Fez to come in with me. Um, And uh, we'll do the announcement coming up next on the Rana Fez show. No more fucking around. No goofing around. I did try to make a little bit of light of it. try to have a little bit of fun of it. But you are correct. We'll break here. We'll be back with the announcement. It's the Ron and Fez Show.
6: Run and Fizz.
9: Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go.
1: is the Rana Fez Show, and Fez Watley wanted to uh, talk with us all today. Today, of course, uh, um, he's mentioned for quite some time that he wanted to do an announcement, and this is one year ago since your dad passed away, Fez.
8: Yeah, one year ago today. February 24th is when we lost him.
1: So you decided to, that today is a day that you wanted to... Uh, talk to the audience about stuff that's been going on with you.
8: Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, of course, that day uh, last year was one of the biggest changes of my life. And so, um, big change to announce today uh, on the Rana Fez show. So today seemed like the appropriate day to make this announcement. And just let everyone... No, and I appreciate everyone who's been so interested during the announcement, but just to let everyone know that um, I've come to terms with th- things, and I just want to tell everyone that, yes, I'm gay. Ron, I'm gay. That's the announcement. I'm putting it out there. It's not a bit. It's not a character. I'm Fez Watley, and I'm gay.
1: So you're, you play a gay character?
8: No, 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 no. I am a gay person. The old Jersey governor put it best. I am a gay American, and I'm Fez Watley.
1: You are finally ready to say the thing that's taken now years to say.
8: Yes. I wanted to do it before I was 30. (laughs) Well, this
1: is stunning. Fez Watley. Uh-huh. Congratulations, buddy.
8: Thank you, my friend. Thank you for the patience. And oh, I everything. have no patience with you. My patience <laughs> well, I'm has, still
1: living. has been shot years ago. This is it. This is actually it. You're gay and you plan to live an openly gay lifestyle.
8: Open, honest, authentic. I'm gay! I'm Fez Watley and I'm gay. I don't know if you're <laughs> understanding this. I am getting it now. I'm gay. And it's completely on the up and up.
1: <sighs> well, that's one way to do it, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, now, I will I'm gonna honestly say this. The ease that you've done this uh-huh. is phenomenal.
8: Um Well, Now, this part of it. uh Uh-huh. Oh, this part, yes. Yes. The the fact that you said this,
1: I waited to see whether you would fight your way through it or struggle through it, but no, you came right in here, almost no setup,
8: and uh, you're out of the closet. I am completely out of the closet. You were the first person I came out of the closet to three and a half years ago.
1: Three and a half years ago, um... Is when Fez told me what was bothering him. Uh, And that was the fact that you're gay.
8: And that, yeah, and that was through a complete emotional breakdown. No. Walking past Central Park, just through tears. Why?
1: uh, And by the way, if anyone is interested too, you can go over to the Interabang.com, the iBang.com. Uh, and I'm sure they're sending out a tweet and a link right now. But Fez has kind of uh, written up his story, so if you would like to uh, leave a comment uh, on that page, uh, you can. But uh, we'll go back through this a little bit because a lot, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but Fez and I have known each other for over 20 years, and uh, met basically on stage mm-hmm. uh, yep. at a club that I had... Uh, No, it was actually even before I had a club. I was emceeing at another comedy club, and you came in and did Amateur Night. But And then you came over. When I started doing radio, you you told me that you had gotten some degree or whatever, and you wanted to work in radio, and you started there. And invented this character, Fez Watley, and the character was gay.
8: Yeah, very much.
1: Um, But it took a full 17 years uh before you would say to me um, I'm gay you, yeah that you were gay
8: now I can't quit saying it no
1: you you can well now you have all the time to say it uh-huh. but don't you think that this is you know and a lot of people have gone oh of course that we've you know we've always known or suspected or whatever but you have never been able to say this For all these years, you've never been able to say that you were gay.
8: No, I was never able to say the words. And that was after, you know, coming to the conclusion myself. You know, because for many, many, many of those years, I just denied it. I didn't think I was gay. You didn't think
1: you were gay... um when you played the gay character,
8: right? Yeah, that was a gay character. That was me putting on a really good gay act.
1: Right. Uh, and you did that for a lot of years, and people thought that you were gay, and you had no problem with that.
8: No, because in my um, in my mind, it was just a character. It was just a part I was playing. But, you know, know, if people would come up to me, you know, listeners uh, back then would come up to me and say, hey, are you really gay? I would always throw out a line Mm -hmm. to them to let them know, hey, you don't be, you know, don't be an idiot. This is all You give them a little wank and a smile. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, What was your line?
8: My line, people would say, are you really gay? Mm. And I would say, 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays. Right. But, you know,
1: if we go back to say... Uh, you know, why we uh, why you started playing the character of Fez Watley it's because when you came on the radio as like the intern or whatever everybody thought that you were gay (laughs) that's the weird thing and and I'm telling you when I met Fez and like we talked later, you know uh, at the stand-up club of who's funny and who could come back from this amateur night I remember saying I think the gay kid's hilarious and, of course, then you said that you weren't gay. Right. And but I had to wait like a full 17, 18, actually even longer, because that was years before we even started doing radio together, before that you actually told me.
8: Yeah. And, you know, even back then, that night we met, uh, you know, part of my amateur night stuff was doing this Richard Simmons impression. Right. Which was just another Fez before Fez got started. Right.
1: I mean, every impression that you did was some gay person from TV. Uh uh-huh.
8: but yeah Paul Lynn everybody yeah
1: um right <laughs>
8: every <laughs> wait a minute yeah every single
1: uh, thing that you, and all your heroes were growing up but did you honestly not even for a second when you were younger um think you know that you were gay I mean like I hear a lot of people when they come out and they'll say oh I always knew uh-huh. or I knew since fifth grade you know, I I knew years before I even started dating anyone or even while I was dating girls, I know, but you aren't one of those guys.
8: No, I just assumed I really hadn't didn't have any interest. My thought was always that I was going to meet the right girl. And then I would be head over heels in love and that would be it, you know. And the weird thing was how people kind of kept passing me up. You know, like in high school, you know, some some of the kids, some of my friends had started having sex. Right. And I didn't. Got to college, everybody was having sex or right. losing their virginity in college. Not me. And then, you know, and then people younger than me were starting to have their sexual lives and girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff and not me. And I just thought it's just not time yet. I just haven't met the right person.
1: How did you feel when your friend's kids started having sex and you still
8: had... That was a tough one. That was another landmark moment.
1: Nieces and nephews of yours.
8: Yeah, that have just, you know, who are living with their boyfriends and girlfriends now.
1: Well, alright, so you went on all this time where... You know, telling people, no, I'm not gay, no, I'm not gay,
8: I just have to stop. Did this really happen it today did. is this
1: real life, and you know what? I also want to point this out. How many times have we attempted to get to this point and you couldn't
8: yeah, just could not
1: but I noticed once you went with it, you've been completely comfortable, you yeah know what I mean, like
8: and I always kind of knew that if I could say the words right, then I could get this relief. I knew it was there. I just couldn't make myself do it.
1: What is? Why is this a relief for you, though? What is it about being in the closet that's such a bad thing? Uh, And I know that sounds like a stupid thing, but Uh I don't think... I think a lot of Americans, uh, gay or straight, would not be all that comfortable announcing their sexuality to people. What is it about coming out of the closet that feels good to you right now?
8: I think it's because I felt so bad about it for so long that it was, you know, uh, there was one point when I was realizing what was going on where I tried to pray to God to take this away from me, change this up, I can't handle this. I just thought, I, I honestly thought it was a bad, shameful thing. It was so much guilt. Involved in it, even though I was playing Fez on the air, mm-hmm. it just—it was such a guilty thing. And and then as it as it progressed further, and especially after I had talked to you and told you right. my secret,
1: then let's never call it that again. Oh by yeah, the way. okay. I dis- when I told you I was gay
8: <laughs> because I'm gay. I'm Fez Watley, and I'm gay. Um. After I told you, the guilt really piled up, but like in a different direction, where then all of a sudden I'm talking about all these gay things, these gay issues, these things that I thought that all of a sudden became important to me. Like what? Uh, gay marriage, Prop 8, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But that took you years even
1: before you can get to that
8: point. Yeah, I mean, and that wasn't even until after I talked to you.
1: How How long before you said... Uh, you told me, how long were you carrying it even before you told one person?
8: Even before I told you? Yeah. Because you were first. um, That had to go probably about three or four years. Wow. Yeah. And there was a lot of times where I had every intention of telling you. Right. And, you know, we would... um, We'd. Uh, uh, I remember one time was a trip to D.C. to do an unmask at the XM Studios, and that road trip, I had every intent. That was going to be it. Right. I knew we were going to have that time together, and that's when it was going to happen. There's times when we've gone out to eat, and I said, this is it, leaving the house, going, by the time I get home, I will have told Ron that I'm gay. And it didn't happen.
1: What kept it from happening,
8: um again, just not being able to, uh, everything all of a sudden wouldn't feel right, like there's ever going to be the perfect, perfect moment, right, like you know, if we were getting something to eat, oh no, that table next to us is too close, you know oh, they'll hear, and, yeah, they'll hear you know, I just little things that kept piling up, and then I would get home and just be disgusted with myself, I would be so pissed of saying. You had, again, another opportunity, and you hadn't said it. And that guilt started to pile up, because I'm like, I'm an emotional mess, and I need... Ron deserves to know what's going on. So I felt so guilty even more of not being able to say it.
1: So when you're really looking at this, I mean, you've been struggling since the three and a half years since you told me you had... Three and a half years before that. So we're looking at seven years for you waiting to say this.
8: To get to this moment.
1: Yeah. And what changes now? I mean, what changes are you going to make? Um, just like in your personal life. How does it change for you?
8: Well, I think the big thing is it takes, you know, I've got so many little phobias and fears. This takes the biggest one off the table. I just don't have to be afraid of this anymore. I really, really don't. And I just, I kind of felt like, um, a fraud in here mm-hmm. for so many years when I'm like, all right, you're gay. You've been playing this gay character. You're, you're not responding to any gay comment or anything that comes in. So it's just, to me it just feels like it's gonna be so much more honest and so much lighter. It's just really I can be happy about this now. Right. When I told you, um like I said, I told you, you know, through just a crying fit. It was so it was such a scary, scary night.
1: You actually um I remember this too. You said to me, um and like you were crying, I'm like, what's going on? You said it's the gay thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh! This is the statement. It's the gay thing. Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. I don't think that would have worked today. Coming, just I think, yelling out, "It's the gay thing" to everybody. Can
1: I tell you the truth? Uh-huh. Maybe the first moment you wouldn't have felt as good about, but right after that you would. I mean, I think, I think that you did just fine saying it's the gay thing because that. You know, I knew what you meant. It was the
8: only way I could spit it out. It was the only way I could get it out there.
1: I will also say this. I remember that because we were coming back from someplace. So we were sitting uh, in these benches near Central Park Mm -hmm. and it was nighttime. And after Fez and I started talking and he said that he was gay, uh, then I started saying like when guys would walk past us, I go, what is your problem? Two guys sitting here on a fucking bench. You gotta start staring at us.
8: I was laughing and sobbing all at the same time.
1: So what? A couple of guys sitting here honking <laughs> each other. Who's got a problem with it? But then I remember well, you felt like so much later that night that I was surprised that you didn't wanna come in and say it right away. But I figured, well, you will do this with a little bit of time. Uh-huh. And I know that you've set out to say on the air so many times before we made this announcement today. But why wouldn't you think, hey, that felt really good saying it. Why won't I, you know, keep uh, trying to keep that going?
8: Um I, you know, I don't know. I just I guess I couldn't hold on to the good feeling of it. Where, and it always felt like, all right, I know Ronnie's going to accept me. Mm -hmm. I've got that. That one's that, you know, I've got him. And then I just, it felt like a need to put it out there and to talk to family and other friends and eventually get to the audience. Right. So it just kept, I mean, and I put that all on myself. I was the one who wanted to do it. Right. But it just, every one of them just felt harder and harder and, uh, you know, and just... Yeah, it was just too difficult to get it out there.
1: But but having said all that, now that you've said it, how are you feeling?
8: Right now, I'm feeling... Um, I'm feeling pretty happy. Because I'm gay! Everyone's just gonna have to get used to it! Everyone listening... I'm gay. I know. I'm Fez Whatley and I'm gay. They've always known It's not that. a bit, Ron. Um.
1: You know, I kind of think the most, the craziest part of this is that you invented a gay character, uh, played him, and then decided, I don't know, a dozen years into that, that you were actually gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be a a, a First in the history of the planet, or maybe a lot more people. Normally, gay people have to act straight. Uh But you thought you are a straight guy that was acting gay. But the other weird thing about it is, the second that you decided that you were gay, or thought that you might be gay, you stopped really playing the character. And um, stopped any of the jokes and the funness of the character. What happened there? How did that uh, happen?
8: Yeah, and um, and trust me, I've read a lot of coming out stories. This is the most bizarre one do you, ever. Do you
1: really think that it's... I mean, I know that each one is, you know, a little different, and a little similar, but you've never heard of one like your own?
8: No, not one where someone was already out before, as Fez yeah. Watley, as the gay character. That's never happened. Let me and also, trust me, I've done the research.
1: You know, this was like the late 80s in Florida and... Georgia and the Carolinas where our show was and there were you know a lot of redneck type guys that were listening to us and I always used to say like the Fez Watley's the bravest you know guy in radio nobody else would do this character Um, and the weird thing was all those guys accepted you. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. Those weren't guys that probably knew gay people, certainly didn't know anybody that was out. So you had already won that over. And then when you decided you were gay, you started to alienate everybody.
8: Everybody in my life. Absolute everyone. When I realized that I was gay, and then it was at that point, too, it was going to be, well, all right, fine. Go ahead and be gay. You're never gonna talk about it. You're never gonna fess up. You're never gonna admit to it. Uh you'll just live this secluded life. But why?
1: Was that just childhood stuff? That stuff you would learn?
8: Yeah, it was still it was still just all the shame of it. Of growing up, you know, uh you know, my grandparents were ministers in the Salvation Army. My father was even uh more involved in the church than I was my mother was a church is a, is a church secretary mm-hmm. it was just nothing but you know this is bad i mean I taught Sunday school and you know i would and you know they you would they would give you literature about you know how masturbation is bad and everything and it was awful. It was just awful and I just didn't want that to be who I was. I didn't want that to happen. So when I realized I was gay, all of a sudden all the fun Fez was having Mm -hmm. didn't feel funny anymore. It just it felt like it felt like the more I was gonna be Fez, if I was really turning on the gay as Fez Watley, it was gonna bring up more questions. Like if so you know, then if someone had asked me, Are you really gay? I there wouldn't be any quip. Right. There wouldn't be it would have just it would have just gone right through my heart. It it so the less Because you really didn't want to be gay. I really didn't want to be gay. And the and the less I was gay as Fez, I I think in my mind, the less I was gonna get called on about it. Right.
1: And that wasn't even a conscious decision. Oh, no. You were just, like, in such a defensive mode.
8: Yeah, it was, I mean, because that was what the seclusion became about, and just staying in all weekend. And the only time leaving my house was to go to work. Uh,
1: let me ask you this. Did you kind of look, were you kind of ashamed of the gay, ca- the, the, the gay character that you would invent it once you figured out that you were gay? Or do you have any regrets now? Of how you played that character when you were, and I'm throwing some quotes up here straight.
8: Yeah, um, yeah, I'll say there's, uh, regret because all of a sudden, like, ass play jokes mm-hmm. just seem cheap and stupid. What a stupid thing to say. You know, any sort of, you know, uh, blowjob joke just seem like, redi- why, why would I say that? So yeah, there was there was regret and kind of like what when I now that I realize I'm gay and I'm still not going to say anything or I'm going to eventually tell Ronnie, then it's like what kind of gay am I? You know, I'm certainly not a happy person. I'm certainly not um, anyone. You know, I just got so angry about being gay that was like the next phase right so i was angry at myself i was angry at the fez character i was angry you know that um my upbringing made this even more difficult i was just pissed
1: uh and how did you get to this this is just battling through before you've got to this point i mean the last couple of years
8: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this is, you know, since I've talked since I came out to Ron has been, you know, talking with those psychiatrists and psychologists about this. I never obviously brought that up on the air.
1: Right. That that you were trying to say, I want to do this. Uh huh. And to a person, did they all say, just get out there and say it? Uh, I mean,
8: every one of them said, you know, because we talked about it so much. Right. I mean, not just the self-loathing, but we talked about eventually doing this on the air. And every one of them was like, this is what you have to do. I'm all in favor of it. In my professional opinion, tell your audience you're gay. And do it. Get it out there. A lot, I
1: guess, you know, I mean, here we are in 2012 where we have so many gay people out and I guess it is a lot easier from the outside to say, hey, yeah. go ahead and do it. You have every right to.
8: I think uh, unless anyone has kind of gone through this themselves, that they really don't have any idea what the process is. Of uh, It's like, no, everybody likes Ellen. Of course, be gay. No one has a problem with that. But it's a lot more internal turmoil uh, than you than you... Realize. Well, it's uh,
1: it's stunning. You haven't really taken a breath since.
8: No, no, I'm just uh, just uh, really flying off the handle here. Are you happy th- right now, though? I mean, I'm I'm really really happy, and and
0: this is just good crying. Mm-hmm. For the
9: first time.
6: You're proud of yourself?
9: It's, It's the best I've felt about myself in a long, long time. And I'm just so glad you're here
8: with me.
1: Well, I'm really, really proud of you, buddy. Thank you. And I've known that for a long time.
8: It's really overwhelming right now. Yeah. And today was the day I decided to do it. And I still miss my pop so
9: much. I miss my dad. And it's weird because
8: I really wish he was here and at the same time kind of glad that he isn't so <laughs> um and and that's that's something that I thought a lot about too and I know um just would he be proud of me today and I went back and forth on that Mm-hmm. I I really, I didn't think proud was the right word right. to use. He would totally be accepting. Mm-hmm. He would have been cool with everything. I don't know if he would have been proud that his son went on the air and said that he was gay. And then... The, By the way, dude, you did that 20-some years ago. Yeah. He, he and he loved that. It, right. He, he got the biggest kick out of it. He uh, loved uh, the Fez character.
1: Um, which is really funny. When you think about it, when... He used to just howl at you, you know, playing his character, which in an odd way, if you think about it, was just you becoming yourself. Yeah. That's... You know, maybe it's subconsciously, but, you know, the fact that your dad... uh accepted that so much and got the biggest kick out of it
8: he adored it he just thought it was so funny i mean he would come home and he would try to explain my to my mom you should have heard what ron and Fezzi said today he was one of the first people to just change it to Fezzi, right and of course my mother didn't get any of it which was probably good at the time and um but yeah he just had a blast living through what i was doing on the radio show
1: so yeah, to to worry about what whether or not he would be proud of you today, I've never known him to be anything but proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Um, one hundred percent. That the 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 thing about your dad, even though that he worked as a banker, he always had uh, show business in his heart. Oh you yeah. Know what I mean, he had the biggest kick out of show business. So um, more than I think that you even realize, he was always living through your stuff and enjoying the jokes and, and kicking it around. So I can't imagine that he'd be anything but proud today.
8: I agree with you. I Like I said, I went back and forth on it. And, yeah, he he would be very, very proud today. And the other thing that's really... He'd be really happy for me, too, which yeah. is, you know, a lot of people don't get that break right. when they come out. So it, that's a, that's a really fantastic feeling to think that and i know like the religious thing bothers you
1: but the really interesting thing about religious people is that they will adjust that religion oh, yeah to fit their family yeah. you know what i mean yeah so oh you know there's no divorce with the catholics until the catholics start to get divorced <laughs> then they're like well i'm not going to get rid of my daughter <laughs> or my aunt right yeah. you know so they adjust it and um I think everybody adjusts. That's all. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean...
8: That's all you can do.
1: Yeah, what can you do? Um, You want to take a little break here, and we'll come back and uh, pick it up? Yeah, let's do that. Need to say anything, or...?
8: Uh, Just that I'm gay, so everyone knows, in case you missed the announcement, Bez Watley is gay. Enjoy it as much as I'm going to. I'm gay. Ron, I don't know if they heard me, but I'm gay.
1: Not as difficult
8: as you thought no, to no, come no, out. No, no, not once you say it the first time. Right.
1: Was the first time tough?
8: Oh, so brutal. I honestly, as we were coming back from the break, I I didn't know if I was going to say it. No, I had I I was still up in the air. Maybe I'll just faint. Well, you've done it. I have done it now. Mm. Fez Watley's gay. You gotta say it like this. Fez Watley's gay! I'm not
1: gonna do it that way. I'm not gonna be all flamboyant about it.
8: You gotta get loud.
1: I'll just say it like this. Fez Watley's gay?
8: You don't have to put the question on the end of it. Oh, I
1: thought it was more of an Yeah, I thought it was like a little bit of both. Uh, speaking of the Interbang it's tough uh, to get in there, Fez, because people are just uh, slamming the site. But uh, Fez is actually taking the time, and you only did this last night yeah. to write up your story. Uh, was that kind of a cathartic thing for you? or
8: That was really good. I needed to do it um, to just kind of put everything in my own perspective for today, to just kind of take myself through this bizarre story. And get myself to this morning.
1: Um, all right, we'll break buddy. Okay. Well we'll come back and uh, pick this up and if we get the chance we'll take a couple of phone calls and stuff too. Surround a face show. <laughs>
0: To Fez Wally, this
6: is the Rodding Show. Nobody can tell you, there's only one song worth singing. They may try and sell you.
1: It's the Ron of Fez show. Uh, Very, very big day for uh, Fez Whatley. Um, For today, he is not just a man, a gay man. This is almost... A big gay man. This is like a bar mitzvah for a gay person. Today, you are a gay man.
8: I need to break a martini glass Um, under my foot.
1: I have to um, say that uh, you got a very nice tweet from Opie, but I want to—I <laughs> want to read the part that's that will make, that'll make him cringe. Uh, he writes a lot of stuff that's kind of personal, and then he um, basically says, uh, "Braving, my friend," and then he wrote back to say, "Bravo, stupid autocorrect." <laughs>
8: No, braving, I think it applies. Braving, my friend. (laughs) Braving, my friend. We'll always remember that.
1: Uh, Here's another buddy of yours. It's uh, Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny.
8: Oh, Fezzy, we're so happy for you. Thank you, you, Johnny.
1: He's part of your tribe now, Johnny. This is so great. Yeah, my
8: boss said he would go out on a date with him if he wanted. Very nice. Okay. (laughs) No, see, you're already getting dates. As soon as, uh, you know, if the Hard Rock turns into this kind of bar, (laughs) I'll be there every weekend.
1: Um, uh, thanks, Johnny.
8: Yep. You. Thank you, buddy. So the announcement wasn't that I was taking the 90% of his stomach and adding it to my own.
1: Um, Fezzi, have you done any, um, dating? Is this something that you needed to come out first
8: for? I really, and, you know, there was never any sneaking around with right. me. It was, it, I did have to come out before I felt like I could get myself out there into a real gay life. Like, I never went into a gay bar until the weekend after I had come out to you. Right. You know, uh, plenty in New York City, there would have been plenty of time and I already knew I was gay, but it just, it kind of felt like, either like cheating or I was gonna get caught. And I, I don't know if anyone wants to hear this story, but I came out to run, I think it was uh Tuesday, Mm-hmm. And that next weekend, for the first time, that Saturday night, I went to a gay bar and passed the entrance three or four times before I could go in. And I had no idea what was waiting for me on the other side. I had no idea. I was expecting just guys in Speedos swinging off a trampoline, uh, trapezes, autocorrect. Um And But, you know, I went in there, and it was like a normal bar, and it was a gay sports bar, and the World Series was on. It was October, and I was watching a game, and no lie, from across the room, I heard the word, Fez? (laughs) My very first time in a gay bar, I got recognized by a listener. And I'm like, I could throw down this beer and run screaming out of here and really draw more attention to myself. But I ended up talking to the guy, and like anyone else, he just assumed Fezwali was gay, right. and this is a normal Saturday night, and actually said to me, do you come to this place a lot? And I said, I can honestly say this is my first time here.
1: Isn't that the funniest thing, though, that...
8: And then I came he, running home and called right. you.
1: Right. Uh, I don't know whether you know this a lot, but Fez will call me a lot in the middle of the night. Yeah. But the... Uh, that
8: was at 2 a.m. But or. isn't
1: it really funny, though, this whole thing of I can't be found out when everyone already assumed
8: it about you? It was so already out there, and, like, I was just trying to keep this thing safe that wasn't even in my hands anymore. But you, um...
1: You really haven't found, like, meeting gay people to be the easiest thing in the world?
8: No, no, because... And I've been to uh, quite a few different gay bars in the city, and I thought... I honestly thought, all right, if you have the guts to go through the door into the gay bar and you're gay, then that's it. You've crossed the threshold. You're in the club. Everybody's together. Everyone's, uh, you know, patting you on the back. Oh no! It's like any other place. Pretty people really tend to stick with pretty people, and there's you know there's a lot of clicks there, and like any other bar, people who really don't want to give you the time of day if you don't have any game going on. So you
1: you expect it to be a lot more like, hey, welcome! You found safe haven.
8: It's not. It's yeah. There was no sanctuary. It did not happen.
1: Well, yet, yeah, yeah. And then I was still. Also, this guy hasn't shown up yet. No, you're much more confident today. <laughs> and by the way, as far as the bravery of walking into a gay bar, braving—that's autocorrect. Uh, some people go there just to cut co- crystal meth. So don't always assume <laughs> because a guy is going into a gay bar that he's gay.
8: And uh, and let me say this too: of uh, to the Saturday night gay bar crowds. Let the gays have the gay bars. We don't need the bachelorette parties of all the straight (laughs) girls coming in thinking it's so ironic and fun to dance with the gay boys.
1: Fez, there'll be a time for bitching and nagging, but I don't think that's today. You remind me of the guy of his wedding who gets up to make a speech about how much money this costs (laughs) and how a lot of people (laughs) are taking advantage. Uh, Coming up in about an hour... Uh, We're going to do a really great Unmasked uh, that we have um, and give Fez the chance to start his whole new life. Does it feel like a whole new life to you today, pal?
8: Everything feels brand new. It feels like it is just the start of something really, really good. I I can't express well enough how happy I am that this day finally got here. Now, as, as I look around, there's one person I blame for that. And it's me, because right. that day could have come at any time. But, but you know what? Too with like people coming out of the closet. Um, boy, I go back and forth on this because Harvey Milk was so right. With your, I didn't even know that you knew him. No, but he had said before he was assassinated. You know that you do need to get out. You do need to come out of the closet if it's going to make a difference. You know, in people's lives. And then I am also with that group that is saying, do not push someone out of the closet. Do not, you know, everyone's got their own time for it. Today, February 24th, 2012, is my day. So, but but I can put it out there this way. If you're thinking about it, it feels really, really good. I suggest doing it on a radio show. Um,
1: Let's go over here to, uh, let's go to Sean. Sean, go ahead,
8: buddy. Hey, Fezzy. Congratulations, man. Thank you, Sean. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels really, really good. It actually feels better than I thought it would. Because I knew, I knew it was going to get really emotional, and I was even crying on the subway today on the way in, in front of everybody, but it feels fantastic.
0: Do to go on a date with me?
8: Leave your number. <laughs> All right. Email photos. Um... You, I'm very superficial.
1: <laughs> you, that's all great, but you also may, th- you've never had to worry about this before. Be careful with listeners. Because oh, yeah. they don't keep secrets.
8: No, that's they'll true. go right to
1: a website. Uh let's go over here to um uh let's go to let's go to Rich. Rich, go ahead, buddy.
4: Hey Ron says so, so congratulations. You made us all proud. I'm very proud of what you did. And one
6: thing, can you give Ronnie his fucking umbrella
8: back, please? I will. I will get an umbrella. If it's not that umbrella, I will try to upgrade.
1: Um, it's impossible. I need that one. Uh, here's Blackheart. Go ahead, buddy.
8: Fuzzy, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what are you doing?
0: I just sitting here eating some pizza, man. I'm glad to hear you're back in action. I like the pep in your voice. Give me a big old phone hug. And I'll tell you, I was scared the announcement was going to go the wrong way with you leaving, man. That was about to piss me off.
8: So, um... Well, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't have gotten a phone hug. And an, uh, and not so much back in action. I'm in action now. For the it, first time, I'm in action.
1: Does this even feel different than when you were uh, the guy playing the character?
8: Yeah, it feels weirdly different. Where, um, playing the character was like, all right, keep the balls juggling. Oh. Not those balls. Um, but, but The way you said it. This just feels like me. Like I finally caught up to that character that that we created. Like I finally caught up to who I was supposed to be.
1: Um, Here's Mel. Mel, you're on Fez.
9: Hey, Ron, this
0: is my first time calling in. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I want to tell Fezzy... Congratulations, man! You've you've finally come out, and you,
8: yep. you
0: know, and you can be happy now.
8: Yes, yeah, it's really a good day, isn't it, Mel? Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, I'm not gay, but I have nothing against people that are, and I just think Fezzi, you 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 can be yourself again.
1: Mel, in all honesty, you sound a little gay just uh, with the statements that you're making. Uh, Chris Stanley.
8: Yes. Hi, Chris. Did you hear the news?
2: <laughs> this is pretty fucking crazy.
8: I'm gay. The weirdness now that Fez and Chris
1: Stanley are gay. The
2: what? No. Please,
1: don't act offended.
2: I'm I'm straight.
1: That's all I'm saying. Are you?
2: Yes. Then why would you be on this show? No. I'm attracted to women since way back.
1: See, now already people are feeling awkward
2: like that. Uh-huh, yeah, good. <laughs> Did you uh,
1: think that Fez was out when you first met him?
2: He acted as if he was out when I first met him, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ex- that, exa- that was it. But from naturally actually be out now, it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really exciting. And to see him happy. Like, see him crying, but well, with tears of happiness. Right. That's a whole new thing, huh? Fantastic.
1: It, it really is. And I try to get my head around this thing of, here we are, 2012, Maryland. Is going to allow gay marriage. Yeah. I mean, there's nowhere that you can go in the country that you're not protected and you've got, you know, the anti-bullying stuff and all that kind of stuff. And yet there are still people who, and somebody that I, I couldn't be any closer to that you struggle with this acceptance.
8: Yeah. It's and,
1: the oddest thing,
8: isn't it? Yeah. It's really odd because that is the word. It is a complete struggle. And the hardest part about it is just the self acceptance. Right. Because you just can't even possibly get to the next person until you get to the roadblock. That's yourself. And oh man. Oh, I can't tell. I mean, I'm, I'm being completely honest now. I love being on this show. And saying, I'm gay, Fez Welle's gay. I adore that. I love how I feel right now. But there was so much time where I just wanted to be anything but gay. Mm. You know? What, where did you have...
1: So you have this thing that, hey, I'm not just playing a character. You know, it's real. I don't like it. What made you finally accept that you were gay? At what point did did it did you say, I, I need to tell Ron I'm not going to change, I'm not going to pray this away. What do I you know, what happened?
8: That uh that was just pure exhaustion. I couldn't carry it around one more day. I mean, and I had really had a meltdown that night if you remember. Yeah, it was. I mean, I even started... Before, this wasn't even talking about the gay stuff, I just felt so bad about myself and I just started crying at dinner that night. Right. I was crying in the restaurant. And it was just the exhaustion of, I can't fight this anymore and there's no reason to fight it. We've got to figure out... a. have got to figure out a way to make myself work with this. Um...
1: Now that you know there's no going back.
8: Yeah, that's kind of a weird feeling. It's a weird
1: thing. Like Hit it, the dump button.
8: Right. The fact that you
1: are uh, outside now. You know what I mean? Like I think that a lot of the stuff that you did was to protect yourself. You uh-huh. know, A lot of the ways that you ended up uh, hurting yourself, I think that you really wanted to take care of yourself. You know, and now you're saying that you don't need to do that anymore.
8: Yeah, there's there's nothing to protect myself from. I mean, I would, there was, when I was, when this was at its hardest, before I came out to Ronnie, I mean, there would be times where if we were out somewhere, I didn't want, like, uh, any girl coming up to me because I didn't know what they were going to say. It panicked me that much. Or if or if it would even start a conversation.
1: Even long before like the gay thing, right? Yeah. You were always
8: afraid of women. Oh, terrified of women. Just scared to death. Why? What 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 was gonna happen? Um I just didn't feel like I was gonna be able to come through. I wasn't going to be able to date someone, never mind, you know. Have sex with them. Why did you think you were straight then? What kind of person goes,
1: I don't... I'm terrified of a woman coming up to me. I don't want to kiss them. I don't want to hold hands. I don't want to be alone with them. Why did you think that you were
8: straight? Because, um, you know, I wasn't... I thought I was just not interested in that person, that it wasn't the right time, that there would be a time for this. And that just, uh, you know, the procrastination there. So, yeah, it just never felt right.
1: Well, I guess it wasn't.
8: No, I guess it was never right. You know, and, but, you know, and, but nothing else felt right either at that point.
1: What is, the, um, what is the ambition now? Meaningless sex with anonymous strangers? I guess, you know, bus stations and alleyways?
8: I don't know about bus stations and alleyways. I, bo- I don't want to cross anything off the list, though, today.
1: Adult bookstores where you do the, your biggest work. <laughs> uh, but no, are you going to tiptoe into the, into the gay life, or are you, are you diving in?
8: I, wa- I really, really want to dive in. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do that. I really want to... You know, I- I've talked about a relationship for so long. Now that even feels like different today. Mm-hmm. Now I just... Uh, let's find some gay friends and let's just have, you know, and go out and have fun. Mm. I would really like having friends again in my life. I mean, I'm down... To you guys, that is it. I have cut everybody out.
1: That's the most embarrassing, heartbreaking thing of this whole thing. You know, here's the other thing I think of, uh, about too. Uh, you better start learning about musical theater, and you better start dressing better. Yeah. You better start understanding restaurants a little better, and you better start Jean it up if you want to bring somebody cool into your life.
8: Yeah. I don't know. I gotta you- get rid of the baggy clothes. I'm wearing sleeping bags. Yeah, you, you,
1: that's the weirdest thing about you. You really dress like a straight guy who's been married for a while and doesn't need to impress. <laughs> um, let's go over here to Frank. Frank, you're on the Run of Fez show.
0: Hey, I appreciate you taking a call, Fezzi. I just wanted to congratulate you. I'm, I'm also gay, and I, I struggled with it for a long time.
7: So yeah. I
8: appreciate
0: it's tough, it. It's tough, isn't it, Frank? Uh, yeah, it was very tough, but it's a shame that in our day and age, we have to live under that kind of environment where we feel like it's hard to come out, we can't be ourselves. But...
8: Well, the weird thing is, we really don't. We've never been in a more enlightened gay age. But yeah, it's, well, uh, but it, that doesn't change what's what's running around in our minds. That's
0: true, but the one thing that's troubled me a little bit, Fez, is, is you said that today Fez Watley is gay, and I that was the character, though.
7: Uh-huh.
0: So... I guess what I'm what I'm driving at is, you know, be who you really are. You know what I mean? And it's a very freeing day for you, but Fez Wiley was the character. Remember that.
8: Right, yeah. And Fez Wiley was a character who's gay, and guess what? I am that character. I am gay. That is me. So, I mean, <laughs> if people want me to say my real name, I will, but... I guess that's
0: know. what I'm driving at. I, I want to hear you say, I'm... You know, who I am and I'm gay, because Fez was the character. I know that's who you are, but that's Uh not truly who you are.
8: Yeah, well, uh, you know, Todd, Fez, it's all the same now, and it's all gay.
0: I appreciate that. It was really good to talk to you, and again, I'm so proud of you, Fezzy. Good for you, buddy.
8: Yeah, there's there's not a fraction of hetero here anywhere, on or off the air.
1: Well, it's one thing to even say that, but what he's trying to say is... He wanted to make sure, I think, that you have no shame about this, that you're not, you know, holding another persona. Because it really is a really weird thing to decide that you are your character and not, you know, your regular, you know, the name that you carried around during the daytime. On the other hand, I think that we really hurt ourselves when we act like, I'm not going to embrace my weirdness. I have to force this normalcy down. I think a lot of your pain came from wanting to be some kind of normal person that I don't even know exists. You know yeah. what I mean? You want it to fit into some, what you thought of as normal. And like anyone that I really am fond of in my life has some kind of freak to them, some kind of weirdness. Sure. Uh, because I find that the opposite of boring, you know? And you're not a boring guy. And yet if you go over your lifestyle the last few years, you've done everything you can do to become the most predictable, dull, boring person. And you don't you're not that you're not that guy.
8: Yeah. Yeah, I don't have normal in me. And uh but I yeah you're absolutely right where I wanted to be normal and then this thing of not being able to get my opinion out there and that all goes out back to just s- despising myself so bad thinking I'm gay and that's bad, so everything I say is bad. And people who aren't gay are better than me.
1: Uh, here's Kyle in Boston. You're on run Fez.
8: Buddy, Fezzy, I'm so happy
0: for you, brother. You had me tearing up on my way to work this morning. And me uh, too. Congratulations, and I'm uh, really, really happy for you. you. made my day. All
1: right, thanks, man. Uh, here's James. James, go ahead, buddy. Hey, what's
0: up, Fez? What's up, Ron? Uh, Fez, I'm proud of you. I, I hate to sound like a bitch, but I was kind of crying whenever you were, because that actually, to, to hear, I've been listening to you guys since about 07, and... This is the first time that I've ever, ever listened, and heard you sound
4: as happy as you are.
0: Fuck what everybody else thinks. Fuck what everybody else does. It's all about you, man. Be you. Fuck everybody else.
8: Thank you. But I I don't want to fuck everybody else because everyone's been really nice, so I do appreciate their opinions.
1: Well, I think he's saying, you know, who cares what anybody else thinks? Yeah. And a big part of, I think, what happened to you, uh, and you picked this because this was the anniversary. ...of uh, your dad passing away.
8: Yeah, yeah, my dad, we lost him, like, on a trip to New York last year. He took sick and was gone just a few days later. Just really crazy how quickly we lost him. And still dealing with that, and it's, um... I mean, but, that you know, people go through that, and, you know, I can get through that, too. It's very odd, because after my father passed away... It was Opie who had told me, he goes, give it a year. He says, give it one year. Everything feels different after a year. And it's one year today. And things couldn't feel more differently right now. Mm. So he so thank you for that advice.
1: He waited a year after his dad passed away before he came out? I'm very confused by this story. I'm not exactly I'm not sure what very his timeline was.
8: It. Yeah. yeah. But it does feel different. Uh, Zeitz, you and Fred,
1: uh, the younger guys, you must have been inspired today to say something that's been on your mind. Both of you guys have a musical theater background, and line up.
3: Well, I I couldn't be more proud of Fez, but I don't think we have this particular aspect of ourselves in common.
1: You were a musical theater?
3: Well, I was. Playing
1: the lead in what part?
3: It was uh, Footlooser's. You called it uh, Come Cum juice.
1: Enough said. Okay. Uh, so I you, that uh, show. You are proud of him today.
3: Yeah, putting aside, you know, the shit we do. I I couldn't be proud. I thought this was really cool, and it was really made me really really happy to hear you. And
1: inspired happy. to come out. Your say it. Self say it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. How
8: say it. Come okay. out. Say it. Come out. No, I'm not. Okay.
3: No.
1: But
8: I, <laughs> I appreciate no, it. No, I won't come out today. I'm very proud of you, Fez. Um, Thank you, Mark Zito. Uh, Rob, go ahead, buddy.
4: Oh, this is Rob. I'm calling from South Bend, Indiana. I just want to wish you well. From my wife and I, from my friends Matt and Chrissy, from our friends Rob in Fort Wayne, we all are happy for you, Fez. Hey, Ron, we love you. Zito, we're glad that you were down in Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. Just want to wish you guys all well from Indiana, man, all right?
8: We got the whole state covered.
1: Uh, Let's go over here to uh, Chris. Chris, go ahead.
0: Hey, what's up? Uh, I just wanted to let you know. I know you guys are joking around about it, but uh, I was just listening with my best friend, Danny. And after you uh, said what you said, he came out to me. And uh, I just wanted to let you know you just inspired him so much. And now he's going and telling his own family. And uh, we're all really proud of you, man. Congratulations.
1: Why do I feel like Danny's a straight guy who's driving home right now, yelling? <laughs>
0: you know, seriously, he's not.
1: That's really a true story. Now, did you know that he That's was gay? A
0: true story. Uh, I had my, I had my suspicions. Everyone I does. I was really sure, but uh, you know what? I'm still gonna be his best friend. You know, and 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 he started crying, and and I started crying too. So, hey, thanks for that. You did that.
8: That's all you, man. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Way to go, Danny.
1: Fred, is there something that you want to say? Do you want to find the Danny courage in yourself?
8: <laughs> uh, I'm also very proud of Fez. But, I, I
1: I know can't... you draw. You're yeah. in the arts, and you uh-huh. take improv classes. Okay, yes,
11: I do like to do
8: theater, Just and so I it. like to wear you know colorful shirts. Right. <laughs> but I'm the I least don't... gay out of that group.
1: What? Yeah, it's true. It's actually true. If we did some kind of to tell the truth show, and we we're just looking at the way people dressed, maybe um, Fred could take you out somewhere.
11: I don't sure. know. What, the, what is it? Wait, take him out?
8: Like
1: no, not kill him. Oh, not take him out. Take him out.
8: This is a big day. I don't Fred, want to get your <laughs> jargon down before someone gets killed.
1: I mean, we all saw Pulp Fiction. Um... Let's go over here to, uh, well, here's your buddy, the blowhard. Go ahead, blowhard.
5: Fez, congratulations, you big, big bear of a man. You're going to be happy. The Ron and Fez show is back to the way it was. A happy Fez means great radio. This is the greatest outing today since Adrian Adonis went into the flower shop. And all I can Thank say you, the Fez. greats. Fez, when I'm, when I'm up and about, I'm going to take you to a Broadway show. And just to show you that I'm not insecure about my sexuality, I will march with you in June at the Gay Pride Parade side by side down Fifth Avenue with you as my good longtime friend who came out. It took a lot of courage. We've been waiting for this happiness to come out, and it's just amazing to hear how, how wonderful you sound, and I'm just proud of you, and God bless you, buddy.
8: I'll march with you under one condition. You carry those signs that say, my son is gay.
5: Oh, no question about it. And you can come watching the Norwegian Parade in Bay Ridge right after that. I'm not
8: coming out as uh, Nordic.
5: Oh, come on. <laughs> I love you. But anyway, Fez, God bless, be well, and go out there. And uh, so many men, so little time, you know? Mm.
1: Thank you, Blow. <laughs> he really is correct, Fez, that you really are coming out right at the end of your dating life. Yeah. Um, you did... The two people who came out last were you and Christopher Plummer. And I think both <laughs> of you are going to get an Oscar this year. I
8: really do. Hopefully. Someone named Oscar.
1: Um, it is a Ron and Fez show. Coming up, Fezzy, we got an Unmasked at 2 o'clock.
8: Unmasked with special guest Ken Marino. You know him from the state. And, of course, Party Down. And the new movie that's opening, Wonderlust. And make sure the
1: first responders... Um, Uh, Make sure that they uh, check in with Ken Marino when we do this, because that's always really important and helps out a lot. Um, Look who it is, Fezzi, It's your friend, uh, Radio Shark.
4: Congratulations, Fez. uh, Fez. He man say what?
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) You know what? I'm so mad that he's not playing that song again from the other day, because I actually went and looked it up online and started to (laughs) sing along with it.
2: Oh, really, Shark dropped the ball.
1: He
3: called his Tony, and I said, really, Shark, today? Today, and so, so he, so he, he Tony. Says, and so he said, okay, fine, of course. Uh,
1: <laughs> Lady Trucker has a lifetime ban, but I think I'm going to let her through today. What? Uh, go ahead, Lady Trucker.
4: Hey, Fezzy, congratulations.
8: Thank you, Lady Trucker.
4: And uh, I'm really, really proud to be the Watley Fag-Hag cardholder number one.
8: Okay, we're not going to have those cards, Lady Trucker. Back to the banding.
1: She couldn't keep herself unbanned. Nope.
8: She had one shot.
1: Well, we really uh, blew up the Bank today. Uh, Because, Fezzy, uh, a lot of comments. Most people already thought you came out years ago. I don't know why that surprised them so much. (laughs) Uh, let's go over here to uh Ursula. Go ahead, Ursula.
10: Hi guys. Hey. I just wanna say, Fez, that you sound the happiest I've ever heard you sound.
8: I'm and really pretty so joyful nice. today, Ursula. Thank you.
10: Yeah, like like you really I'm really happy for you, and I wish you nothing but the best.
8: Bye bye, darling.
1: Um do you so this is the new fest. This is the way that you were going to carry yourself from this
8: point on. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is I'm I am Fez and it's it just feels so really, really good today. And I want to keep that good feeling going. Um at what was
1: the point like you that you always say that you uh suspected that you were gay. At what point were you sure?
8: Um it was You know, I had had like what I always called intense friendships Mm. with guys, really intense friendships where it's like it was more important to me than it was the other person. And
1: almost like the movie Single White Female.
8: Yeah, they get a little
1: obsessive with your friendship. Very obsessive. Start dressing like um, them, getting mad when they're talking to other people,
8: very jealous. Yeah, that whole thing. And. Yeah, I had developed a really big time crush. Now, did you know it was a crush? No, I, uh, it was like fr- uh, it was one of those friendships. I mean, I realized it. I mean, yeah, because it w- it had just gotten in my mind overly obsessive, and um, so then you know, and, and of course, always with
1: a straight guy. Yeah, these crushes
8: every time with a straight guy. Every say I, I think there's probably been five throughout my entire as I go back and look of what would have qualified then. Chris Stanley, yeah. Mark
1: Zito, yeah. used to be Fred.
8: Hands bananas
1: and hands banans. <laughs> hands
8: bananas the latest one. Yeah. The Hans, latest.
1: Hands bananas or Twinkie Boy as we're gonna start to <laughs> call them.
2: DB now.
1: Um send hands over. Uh, hands, this is going to be the weirdest internship that anyone's ever had before. But, uh, we're changing a couple rules. Number one, let's get that shirt off. And two, you. we want you to wear your shorts backwards so that the zipper. <laughs> anyway, I'll access. What would you like to say, hands, bananas?
8: Uh, I know I've only been here for a short time, but man, I'm.
1: So happy for Fez. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Hans. That's nice, hands. Would you like to make your own announcement? <laughs> no, I'm I'm good.
8: <laughs> okay. Oh, the outcue interns don't have this weird of a study
1: session. <laughs> I didn't session. even notice that. We could probably start using some of the outQ interns. Oh
8: yeah. Yeah, we'll do an exchange program.
7: Hands. Send
8: send Hans bananas over there for a day or two. They'll just eat him like <laughs> corn on the cob. <laughs>
7: oh.
1: Um, Let's go over to cigars and scotch.
8: Hey, I'm uh, having a little trouble wrapping my head around this. Uh, so I'm you, gay, I, cigars and scotch. No, no, I'm that. gay. I, I'm proud that you admitted.
5: Dance with me, CNS. You sound comfortable, confident. But the thing that got me was, did you admit your name was Todd? That is gross. By the way, the name—such name, a stupid
1: name! Todd is so much gayer than Fez. You
7: think
4: so? <laughs> Congrats, man!
1: I would imagine that your parents said, "He's so gay, we should name him Todd."
8: <laughs> yeah, that was after one of Elizabeth Taylor's husbands. So I don't know; They may have been running in you, the family at that point. Were you really named after him? I was named after Michael Todd. Why? I have no idea. That's the story I get told.
1: Honey, let's name him after Michael Todd.
8: You would have thought my name would have been Michael. (laughs) Which would have been, hey Mike, what's up, (laughs) buddy? Big Mike just came out on the radio, did you hear? This is
1: Todd and his brother Fisher, and this is Hilton. We really love the last names of, of Elizabeth Taylor's husbands. This is Burton and his other brother Burton. The twins. Because they got
8: married twice. That's a joke. <laughs> Fortunately, my mother had hit menopause by the time Ferensky got there.
1: By the way, um I did that joke about the way Fez's dad talked, but in reality, Fez's dad talked just like Fez.
8: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. There was um Yeah, there was moments with the voice too that I there was a time where I was uh flying home on vacation. And I had called from the airport just to let my family know the plane was on time.
1: This is when you uh, knew that you were gay and were worried about it?
8: Yeah. This is when it was all playing on my mind. I had called just to say, hey, here's the flight number. Delta flight gets into Tampa this time. Blah, blah, blah. So I had gotten there. My dad picked me up from the airport. He drove me to their house. And... He hit the answering machine when he came in the door, like he always does. It's great that they still own an answering machine. <laughs> sure. So, and uh, and the furniture's on paint cans. But I heard my voice on the answering machine, and it was so <laughs> effeminate. And it was not me putting on any sort of fez voice for yeah. my to give flight information. What well, uh, did it sound like to you? It was just like... Hey, it's me and the flight attendant. You just, never talked like that. that? That's what it sounded like. It sounded like <laughs> such a woman's voice,
1: right? Uh, so, like, when you heard that, you're like, they're going to know.
8: Yeah, I, I immediately, I remember, I immediately said, that's just me. You know, let's get them. That's just me. And then, so then, even after that, I was like. Yeah, my flight's trying uh, we'll get in at 3:15. You know, I tried to for their answering machine to go for a deeper voice.
1: Yeah, but they've heard your voice their whole lives. Oh,
8: I knew that, but yeah. it didn't that didn't mean I shouldn't start trying to cover it up now.
1: <sighs> I don't know Honey's he's doing some kind of deep voice thing now.
8: But you're right about my father's voice. My father had call, when we were kids my father had called into a local sports AM radio <laughs> show to make some sort of comment about the Buccaneers. I think what it was going they had Coach John McKay, and I think he was going to yell, throw McKay in the bay for the 400th time. Witty. And we, uh, he put, a, he was in the other room and he put us around the radio, me and Corky and my sister, to <laughs> hear him. Get on the radio. He was on hold. He wanted us to hear him on the radio.
1: Sure, because he was going to be a caller. Yeah. And why wouldn't that be the high point of his life?
8: Sure. Finally, show business. <laughs> um, he <laughs> they took his call live on the air, and he said who he he, he, he asked his question, and the host referred to him as ma'am. Oh. Oh. Uh.
1: So yeah, this. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you're right.
8: Good point, ma'am. McKay should be thrown in the bay. So yeah, this voice just kind of sticks with us.
1: Maybe even more. You never know. <laughs> um, let's go over to Mike. Mike, you're on my Fez. Hey
4: guys. Um, just to say, I've been listening to the show for probably six years. I've got like 20 hours of clips on all the way back to N.E.W. I, the show is a big part. But oddly enough, of my life. I don't think I've ever been that happy for someone I didn't personally know. Um, Fezzy, uh, congratulations, man. It was just awesome. I was so happy. I was laughing in the car driving. Um, it, was just, it was just pure joy. So enjoy it, man.
8: That's what it feels like, pure joy.
1: Um, by the way, your Wikipedia page has already been updated.
8: <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> On February twenty fourth, 2012, Fez came out as gay.
8: <laughs> well, they put a lot of editorial thought into that yeah, too, that was didn't really, they? Yeah. Um, Here on Blunipedia, hey Todd,
1: you're on Runafez. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, uh, listen,
0: uh, I'm a little offended by you guys picking on guys guy named
1: Todd. Oh, oh yeah, there's a guy named Todd who oh. we already did the jokes about the Todd name. Uh,
8: Just tell them it's not, you're named after Michael Todd. Just his last name. Yeah, just the last name. Uh, Here's Tucker.
1: Tucker, you're on Fez.
8: You know, Ron, I hear how good Fez
4: feels, how the honesty has re-energized him, and maybe you could bare your
0: soul and tell us what your Christmas present was.
1: Oh, from Fez last year. Yeah,
2: just, you know, look, come clean, bare your soul.
1: I am not as brave as Mr. <laughs> Watley.
2: Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is it?
1: All right, now now just let me say this. At least people know for real what I've been dealing with. So it was an inappropriate, I think, Christmas gift. It was, was personal. It was really nice. It was nice. But this, me not uh, talking about it, Fez, is more about my problems, not yours. Okay. Uh, here's Steve. Steve, you're on Run a Fez.
0: Uh, I want to invite Fezzi out to wonderful gay friendly Minneapolis, and I wonder if we're going to get an out yourself Friday sounder.
1: So you. Uh, the Minneapolis, Fez. Maybe it is time for you to start take some gay vacations.
8: Yeah, I didn't know Minneapolis was a uh, gay tourist destination. Oh, yeah. I guess any big city is.
1: Mm. Even some small ones.
8: Yeah, that's true. Um,. End up on the Vikings party boat.
1: Five, you're on Run Fez. Uh Let's go over to Travis. Travis, show on the Run Fez show.
0: Hey guys. Hey, uh, Fez, now you come out, uh, wondering if you can create uh, maybe a new super masculine, maybe we've kind of Guido uh, alter ego.
1: Oh, that's kind of interesting. I did even think of that. Uh, here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland.
4: Fezzy is coming out! Fez, I am so happy proud of you. I, I just, I, I, um, I've been listening for, for years now, and uh, I just, to hear you back in full effect, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've had a crazy year with you guys, and Fezzy, it actually, it all stems from you. I finally traced it back to where we first did it, and it was all to help you. Get out and go out and have a good time one night, and I, I just can't wait for you to finally embrace that and be able to do that. And um, wow, I just I'm I'm choked up, and I way to go, man! I'm just so happy. It's a new world, a new fez, and
8: uh, in song, I, I, please. A what? Do it in song. No, Andy, actually, I I think uh, I probably, uh, if I had done this on the caller show, I I might have been the one person who could have taken the cash prize from you.
4: I got, you want to talk? Okay, Fezzy, it's your day, so I didn't want to go all out, but hey, Fezzy coming out, what can I say, our Fez is gay, Fez, the secret's out, it's over now, it's through, it. you've got to get out there, you've got some life to do, I am so happy for you, our Fez is out today, yeah.
1: Nice work. That's fantastic, thanks buddy. Uh, just imagine if he could actually do that with other songs, he'd really yeah. have something for himself. <laughs> Um, try to get in a couple more of these. We're going to do the unmasked in just a little bit. Ken Marino unmasked, and, uh, I know a lot of people are uh, crashing into, uh, the iBang website today, leaving some amazing comments, Fez, uh, and I know that you'll read them all, uh, after the show.
8: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but I, it, it really is great to see. A lot of people writing such uh, nice stuff, um, but also remember if you can be a first responder uh, with Ken Marino, we'll put that up on the iBank Twitter account. Uh, let's go over here to Steve. Steve, you're on Fez.
4: Hey, Ronnie B. Hey,
0: Fez. Congratulations. You know, there was a it wasn't an unmask. It was an RBI. I think with Meredith Baxter when you mentioned Ron that you had two close friends that that had confided in you that hadn't come out yet, and I wanted to ask you, Ron, if it's a relief for you too.
1: Um, yes. There's no doubt about it. It feels very, very strange for me. Uh Two things seem very strange. Number one, to have told Fez since the beginning that this was his and the last three and a half years have been um, very stressful with him. To be honest, the last six or seven years have been stressful. But to see him feeling like this today, it's... It's amazing.
8: It is the weirdest day. It is. It just feel, I mean, like this, it feels like we're in a new studio or something. It just feels, everything feels weirdly new. Mm. Um, let's
1: go over here to um, Michael, Yerman of Fez.
0: Hey, Ron Fez. Congratulations, Fez. Fez, come down to Asheville, Great Smoky Mountains. You can stay to bed and breakfast, maybe the Grove Park, very gay-friendly, really cool place.
1: You really are going to start having to do a lot more B&Bs. Yeah. Get out of doing that thing of going back to your old bedroom from when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. And start living life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, You should now embrace as many changes. And here's the other part of it. None of these changes have to be permanent. You can always swing back so... You know, for some reason you've never you've ever thought if you change something it would stay that way. Maybe that's one of the things to remember now, you know, that you you want to make this a time of just trying stuff.
8: Yeah, I just want to go exploring through this whole thing. Just try out all, you know, d- just check out different scenes, that sort of thing.
1: Now, do you still have nerves about being physical with someone as you would say finally breaking your seal? <laughs>
8: Uh, there's a little bit <laughs> about that there, but I, but I, this has been such a crazy rush mm-hmm. that I feel like I want to go out and get like rushed, rush,
1: like gay guys snort. <laughs> oh
8: yeah, I don't want to do that, <laughs> but
1: you, you start rush too.
2: I start rush a couple times.
6: Oh,
1: this is a
2: day for. <laughs> this awesome.
6: oh my God, got I'm gay, and Pepper's snorts rush.
1: Oh, you know what we should find, too? We should find that um, Sander Bernhard, Mighty Real. That's my favorite oh, yeah. favorite version of that. Um, Let's uh, go over to uh, Rich. Rich, you're on a
0: congratulations, buddy. You sound fucking fantastic. I think we're all a little bit gay today.
1: Congratulations, buddy. Um, let's go over now to... Uh, um, let's go over to Randy. Randy, you're on my fez.
0: Hey, guys. Congratulations, Fizzy. You should have seen the edit history page on your Wikipedia page. It was like... There's like about a full page of... You know, vandalism for saying something that could be very upsetting. You know, or not true. It was people would add it. It would get backed out by somebody else. It got added again. It got
8: backed out. Added. Everyone wanted to be first. Yeah,
0: Uh, well, hey, you got to go out there and say, "Yes, it's me," and I am
1: who I am. And that's all that
0: I
8: am. Well that's what that was the biggest part of making this announcement today to really get my Wikipedia page straightened out. <laughs> and let's
1: get some things uh other thing. He said that he was gay, not Popeye. So this whole I am who I am stuff. Um Alright, so Fred Zito uh, gay. Hicks gay. and Fez the four horsemen of homosexuality I don't know about have that. all come Woo. out today.
2: No. You know, by the way,
1: if you're trying to fight the straight angle, Zeno, you know, don't have a little giggle like that. I, okay, that, that was more of a titter than a laugh. Dainty. Yeah, it was. You know what else is dainty? Using the word dainty. Oh,
6: no. That's the second thing.
2: That was directed at him.
1: All right, this is a little bit of Sandra Bernhardt for uh, Fezzy. This is what Fez will be uh, playing as he's getting ready to go out on the town.
8: I'm going to start using deodorant again.
1: Fez Watley uh, Fez Watley big big day for him today um, Fez came out on the air after many many years of people waiting for this yep. uh, So ma- uh, by the way Fez's uh, story is up on the Um something that you wrote up last night so if anybody would like to go over and read it uh, uh, leave text uh, and maybe, Fez, uh, if you're not doing over anything over the weekend, maybe you should even get into the room, like maybe during the um, Independent Spirit Awards or something and get your text gang going again. You want to do that?
8: Oh, yeah. Let's do the Spirit Awards. All right, give me a They're t- on Saturday, right? Yeah.
1: Give me a time on that. See whether it plays in the afternoon or at night. But uh, we'll find out. Uh, Fez, I know you're getting a lot of texts. Yeah,
8: Uh, really sweet, sweet things coming in from, like, Hard Rock Johnny, Fred Brooklyn. Oh, nice. Yeah, HTG has sent very, very sweet things. Kathleen from the Bronx. Uh, Big Jim. Oh, I remember Big Jim. Yeah, I haven't uh, talked to him in a long time. And Eastside Dave.
1: Who... Really?
8: Yeah, who texts me, my brother will be in town in June. Yeehaw!
1: All right, that's inappropriate.
8: You know what? I really,
1: I do think that that's as inappropriate as like when I try to put Earl together with black girls. <laughs> when I always go, hey, when I meet black girls, I always go, I know the perfect guy for you.
8: of uh, Some black guy. So, we'll see what happens in June.
1: Yeehaw! Yeehaw! I am country. Yeah, you are. All right, let's uh, go over to uh Cam. Cam, you're on the Run-A-Face show.
4: Fezzy, you sound like a million bucks. Honestly, right now, I uh, feel like one of those Cleveland Indians fans from Major League 2 going ape shit watching uh, Wild Things Vaughn come back. Fezzy,
8: we love you. Keep it up.
1: Peace. You really are coming out of the dugout right now, Fezzy, like the wild thing. Fuck yeah. Everybody's going crazy for You got a time on that? 10 p.m. Saturday on All right, AFC. That's
8: perfect. Is that perfect for you, Fez? Yeah, that works. 10 p.m.
1: 10 p.m. Saturday on AMC, uh, Fez will be around on the iBang if you'd like to talk to him. Uh, we'll set up something for uh, kind of a listening thread. Um, during the Independent Film Awards.
8: And you're sure they're on that late? Yes.
1: Um, okay. The funny thing is, th- there's not one of these films that Fez has seen. No.
8: <laughs> not even close.
1: And the beauty of it is, you don't even have to refresh anymore. And when I was sitting here after you made your announcement, I went over to your page, and was just watching these things spinning like a clock, Fez. There are so many people wishing you really, really good things.
8: That is very cool, and we will hang out Saturday night on the Intero Bang.
1: Um, let's go over to Mark in Canada.
0: Hello, boys. Yeah. Fez, congratulations! Uh, you sound great. Canada loves gay Fezzy. Mm. Keep it up.
1: It's nice you get to speak yeah. for the country.
8: Yes, international recognition now.
1: Um, let's go over to Drew, in Minnesota.
8: Hey, guys, how's it going?
1: What up? I think,
4: uh, hey, uh just want to say uh, congrats, Fez, and, and uh, Ronnie, I know how you feel like, because I was in the same position where a friend of mine confided in me, and, and he was just the most miserable person until he came out. So congrats, Fez. You sound good. You feel better. But uh, a little word of warning, when my buddy came out, he showed up in my house one day. He had both his nipples pierced. He had his hair uh dyed white
8: <laughs> he had his belly button pierced he just went all in I, well, he, I don't have to dye my hair white <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that's already taken care of and his nipples are I too know. thick
8: to pierce oh
1: so we don't have to worry about that yeah good luck with
8: my nips
1: <laughs> you couldn't get a railroad spike through there <laughs> um i think just the opposite fez i think if you want to do anything do it like <laughs> now you know there's some people acting like, "Oh, be careful like you just said uh that you wanted to take that one year to get over. I think now you need to take over take a year to try new stuff. Just to play with it. Just have fun with it and see." Uh yeah, I know, play with
8: it made Zito laugh.
1: Sure. Uh, Because, you know.
8: Because the Zeno announcement is coming, trust me, people. I've been down this road. I I, I have been down this road. I see all the warning signs. That carries extra weight now, that opinion. (laughs) Yeah, it does.
1: (laughs) Uh, By the way, I just noticed this. Uh, Your old buddy, uh, K.O.P., just uh, wrote something in. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah, just to see his name come spinning by... Cause I haven't heard from him
8: in a long, long time. Just heard from Flipper? Really. His brother's in town in June. Yeehaw. Oh jeez. Um <laughs> uh, What a day. It's been a really big day, hasn't it? It's very it exciting. Really has.
1: How about this for um uh Frenchie? Just sent you a uh, message. Um, oh, we love Frenchie. She, we haven't heard from her in a, a long time. Brazilian Julie has sent you a message. So nice to hear from all these. Swissy just sent you a message and said that she's been crying hysterically at her desk. She's so happy for you and to tell him that I love him. Um, Fez... You blew it. Swissy loved you this whole time.
8: I could have had the Swiss mess.
1: Uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show.
8: Yes. Uh, I've
0: been up since 6 o'clock this morning after hearing the, this whole thing about this big announcement. And just to find out, I'm sorry to ruin the dick-sucking party. No pun intended. That
1: there was gay. no pun in there, there? Yeah, there wasn't any pun. Here's what you've turned it into a fucking inbred redneck party. So thank you. You've added to our party.
8: Oh, I'll probably run into him at a bar this weekend. No pun intended, but you're gonna eat a man's ass. That's not a pun. That's not a
1: pun. Uh we're going to go into uh The Unmasked Show now. If you could, if I could quote Fez here, be a deer and be a first responder uh, because it's a great one. Ken uh, Marino, Fez, who's got a gigantic movie coming out this weekend, Wonderlust. And I don't want to do any spoiler alerts here, but a lot of the state guys are in this thing. I've seen it. And they're not... um, mentioned. So you'll be able to go, "Oh, ah, ah." Uh so Camerino is next and uh Fezzi, uh, anything else that you want to tell us?
8: I just want to thank everyone cuz I knew I I know I have put people through the ringer with this and just with the anxiety and the depression and everything, but today has been fantastic and just thank you everyone. And I just want to let people know that I'm gay. I'm Fez Watley, and I am gay. Gay as gay can be. I'm mighty real gay. And I'm staying gay.
1: Well, congratulations to you, Fez. Uh, And it's a very weird thing that you did this for yourself, but you made so many other people happy today. So many people are anywhere from relieved to ecstatically happy.
8: I'm very happy. Wait till Ant gets back from his cruise. Yeah. He's not going to believe it. No. Well, he'll believe it. Yeah, he will. Everyone will believe it. He used to say any day now we'll get that announcement that this right. is gay.
1: Um, yeah, you know that. Um, You're really a dumb person if you said to yourself, I knew it, and (laughs) thought of yourself as Sherlock Holmes for a moment. Uh, Again, Unmasked with Ken Marino uh, coming up next. Anything else we need? Oh, Fez Watley, over the weekend, come to the iBang and hang out with him, and you can be some of the first people. To uh, interact with new gay Fez-Watley. Yeah. The all-new lemon setted gay Fez-Watley.
8: <laughs> that's also, on the Interabank Saturday, 10 p.m. for the Spirit Awards, the Independent Film Awards. And if anyone missed any of the special announcement, this will be replaying all weekend as well.
1: Oh, that's really nice. And that's good. So that's Rob Cross coming through. Who was very supportive of you, from what I understood.
8: Very, very nice. Um,
1: that's it. Uh, enjoy the Unmasked. Uh, it's a good one. And by the way, go read Fez's story up on the Interabang. He wrote uh, just a little personal note about what this was all like for him. You can leave a comment. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the Unmasked. And we'll see you guys on Monday. Proud
8: of you, Fez. Thank you, my friend. I love you, kid. I love you, too.
1: everybody. Here he is I feel, like,
11: I feel like you were all told to go Whoo! yeah,
1: I think they're wooing on their own, yeah, <laughs> we told them to go, yeah, yeah,
11: I've never uh, been wooed before
1: well the uh i think I think you will after this film. I yeah. think this is it for you. I saw What's one th- happen? i e- everything changes, now. everything changes you I think this is the time that you stop being this. Cult success Right Where you are right now Right Because this feels like uh, The most mainstream thing Right That you've done yet
11: uh, Well we did role models Which uh, I think was The first kind of uh, Trip we went into um, A more mainstream movie mm-hmm. And uh, That was uh, More successful Than we anticipated Like we did, right. you know, It overachieved And um, this was the first time That We did a rewrite of that Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is the first time that we kind of created something and it's our baby and we put it together and we, you know, got Paul and Jen involved and Judd involved. And so, yeah, we kind of built this from the ground up. But it is really (coughs)
1: like a a real Hollywood film this time. I mean, I'm, I turned on the TV today and Alan Alda is on talking about the film and talking about you guys and how everybody's staying together and how fun it is. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great,
11: you know? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Um, excuse me. I'm burping up my uh, power bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Yeah. Woo! Um, yeah. You know, it. It. it when you get all, When you get somebody like Alan Alda, and you get. You know, two leads like Paul and Jen. It, it's. Uh, you're gonna have a bigger, more mainstream movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's potential to have a bigger, more mainstream right. movie. <clears throat> and so. Um, so. You know, uh, we, we were super lucky. I mean, you're talking about the cast and, and all the different people uh, involved in it. Uh, you know, we had people like Moll and Ackerman and, and, uh, and Justin Thoreau and Joe Latruglio, a lot of people from the state that, you know, that Dave and I kind of grew up with, and that's our posse. And, and uh, yeah, we created this fun ensemble group of people to uh, hopefully make the movie uh, shine. Now,
1: you talk about the guys from the state. That relationship now is... About 20 years or
7: more?
11: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess uh, 90, we got together. I went to college in 87, 88. Yeah, we met in 90, and uh, we've been together since then.
1: It's a very strange thing for that to happen. You know, most people, uh, you you have a college experience, and then you see those people every five 10, 20 years years—it right, right. was one of the zeros,, right. but you guys are always you know one phone call away from working together. Yeah.
11: well we just we, we became friends uh back in college, and we we put this sketch comedy group together, and it was uh, uh it just happened to be a bunch of people who inspired each other and motivated each other, and there was like friendly competition with each other and we created stuff that uh we thought was funny. Um, maybe we thought, maybe we thought our shit didn't stink at that point. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but that confidence helped us, uh, when we were younger to just stick together and just start, you know, saying, you know, just with the, uh, to stick together and to kind of create these things that, um, uh, we convinced other people, you know, was worth putting on the air or whatever. And, um, so we got the opportunity to do, um, you know some shows on m t v and then out of that we got our own show on m t v and but but the but the they're family you know those guys are family and so um and to me they're the f- some of the funniest people i've ever met and so um if I ever want to do something that's funny, of course I would call them. We have a shorthand and um, right. I trust them, and I know that they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them and so it's it's a nice um group of people to have it makes you feel safe well you say there's also friendly competition
1: yeah so showing up with you know you're a writer to show up with work with those guys that are going to be looking at it you know funny people tend to shred things that they don't always think are funny so I mean is it like intimidating to go hey I think this is funny.
11: No, you know, with those guys. No, I mean, we we, we had a we had a green light on the script, and so like, <laughs> yeah. so, so like we, you know, would say, you know, we go to them, and we're like, hey, we got these parts for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? Uh, but. You want it, me to take my clothes off? And, yeah.
1: And yeah, there is. There's. Which Joe does in the movie? Yeah. There's plenty of male nudity
11: in this. uh, Finally. (laughs) This guy with the tattoos is thrilled about it.
1: (laughs) He was just explaining to us how much he likes DMT, (laughs) which you don't always hear. And they're like, oh, great. Now we're going to being a small room with a guy who's just saying I've no really I've done over 800 DMT trips <laughs> okay okay uh, but th- I, I think the interesting thing that's happened is that you've always had this work but for everybody I think in this state uh, your audience has always thought this thing could even be bigger but I think it's the cult thing that keeps you guys staying creative um, the fact that you 're still writing and and you know being tenacious about it
11: yeah i think I mean I think all of us like to kind of try to go back and forth with it i mean i you know i, I know I remember talking with Tom Lennon about reno nine one one and how you know that was kind of that kept him that kept his creative juices. You know, flowing, and he knew he kind of had control of that. And you know, he he and Tom write these big movies, and they're very proud of them. And or you know, they they um they, they know how to kind of handle and work their way through that system. But you know, there's a lot more people involved, and a lot of you know people who have a lot of say in it. And so, the idea of going back and forth between doing stuff like that and doing Reno, where it's their it's their baby and they control yeah. it. Same with David with Wayne Days or um. You know, I I try to, you know, work with David, on you know, like on different projects, but like or um, uh, like Children's Hospital is something that, uh, you know, I I write on and I'm in and I was a producer this year on it. And so I've been very involved in that with David and Cordry and Stern. And, um, you know, when you're working on smaller things like that, where not a lot of people are, uh, you know, getting super involved Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the, the, the core group. Um, you feel like you can, you you have a, a singular voice in some way. Right. You know, that was the way it was with the state, and so I guess all of us from the state kind of need that. You know, even if other things are going on, need that kind of that energy or that vibe. You know.
1: And you think that's because of the way you started working when you were younger, the fact
11: that I know. never thought about it until yeah. I just said it now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I th- actually I think there's some um, uh, merit to that. Yeah, I'm. That, I'm glad that you're having breakthroughs here. I am. So we, had a big, we had a big breakthrough. Now, my question is: yeah. on this angle, is my nose in your way? No, no. no.
1: Seriously, that's the yeah. best thing. And, and Peter Wolf seems to be running the
11: camera over there. He doesn't seem to be doing uh, much <laughs> no, right now. He he's just kind of sitting yeah. back. And... See,
1: so you're a professional. You're able to know that. Yeah. You look over, and he's not even touching that.
11: But I like that we're cross-covering, so yeah, we, can, you yeah.
1: know, we can overlap. <laughs> um, but you know, to go back, that there, there is this thing that you guys you work a lot uh compared to a lot of uh people you know what i mean that you'll see a lot of actors that'll work every couple of years but you're in a lot of projects me me personally yeah you're in a lot of projects and so are some the other folks from the state you know your resume is pretty
11: pretty thick. Um th- th- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to work, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to stay out of the <laughs> red. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that's that um you know when you choose to be an actor um you know get going out of leaving college you it's it's a it's a kind of a stupid thing to to pick if you want it to be something where you're Supporting yourself. And so I've been very lucky to be able to pay my bills as an actor. And um, because of my my um, history with the state, uh, I had some experience in writing and a little directing and sitting in an editing room. And so as I got older, I realized, well, acting is not always going to be the thing that pays the bills. I need to kind of do the other things that I know. Um, and force myself kind of down those avenues. You know, the, the first time uh, when I was talking about friendly competition, you know, uh, Tom and Ben. Uh, had written a number of screenplays and then Mike Black sold a screenplay Ooh. and then uh, David and Showalter Walter wrote Wet Hot American Summer and I was like well I could I could do that right. <laughs> I, could write, I could write a movie yeah. and so I, I like I set out to write this comedy you know it's like you know like mainstream comedy and then I wound up writing this really small independent movie called Diggers which was um, a story about like clam diggers in the 1970s in a dying community Ooh. and it became and I did we did it through uh, Magnolia and It was like a small little film um which wound up being more of a drama than a comedy but we shot it and that was kind of the first time i was like oh yeah i i i got that done with the help of david and uh some other people just kind of who were who were excited about the script and so then at that point i had i had do something. Something was made, and so then at that point, I was like, "Oh, I can, I can do more of that." And
1: well, it wasn't just that something, you know, was
11: made. It was, it's a terrific, terrific film, Diggers. Uh, yeah, it's just really. Do you, I, see, I don't know, I don't know what you've seen, and and so that's exciting that you've seen Diggers. Thanks.
1: I, I've se- I've seen Diggers about four times. Really?
11: Yeah, because oh, it's it's really.
1: I mean, for me, it's like a Barry Levinston type film in in the way of like about these you know people, and I don't know whether everybody's seen it. But the the thing I love about that film is like so many times that you see blue collar films, and people are like, oh, we got to get out of here, and our life is, you know. And I grew up in that kind of environment with blue collar people who like life and enjoy their life and enjoy their jobs. And that's the way that I saw Diggers. I mean, you know, the economy and what happened to them. Was bad, but these were really good guys, three dimensional guys. Yeah,
11: thanks. I appreciate that. That that that, that means a lot. Thank well, you. Well, I think the interesting thing is,
1: unlike a lot of the guys in the state, I think who were really like eccentric people, I think that you could have lived in that environment if you didn't pick, uh, you know, f-
11: uh, film. I th- I agree with you. Yeah, I think, but you know, I mean, that's that that is the world that I grew up in, and the world that I came from, and the world that i've thought many times about kind of going back to mm-hmm. um, because it's th- because it 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 wasn't a bad place i wasn't running away from that it was yeah. something that was um a warm place right. for me and so that's i you know i i described diggers as kind of a love letter to um my dad and growing up and like my family and what that world was to me and tried to texture it as much as possible and give it a a, a warm feeling and not make fun of the people in that movie but embrace who they were and what their struggles were and so I appreciate that. they're,
1: They're real people and they're really connected to their environment where today I don't think a lot of guys get that opportunity to go out and physically work Particularly, you know, working land, water, whatever it happens to be. You see a lot of guys now that are working in cubicles and shit Mm -hmm. because that's just what our economy is about. Right. But they'd be way better off building bridges. You know what I mean? They'd be happier people. Right, right. If they could physically work. Uh, And you do think that would have been a a fine life for you? You would have been happy?
11: I think so. I mean, I I think, um, you know, my dad was a, after he was a clam digger and that died out, he became like a a plumber and a cesspool cleaner. And -hmm. uh, that's what I knew growing up. And if you watch any of my movies, you'll see that I'm fixated with shit and (laughs) (laughs) sitting on toilets and and (laughs) things like that. But um, but both in Dickers and and a more dramatic thing, and then in in Wanderlust, there's a big... um, Sitting on a television, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, the theme of shit runs, runs, through, runs deep. Yeah. Throws, throws work. Um, but, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, there's something very cathartic and very nice about the idea of like getting up, you go do some work. It's physical. You're outside. Mm-hmm. You're working with people. You dig some holes. You, you fix some things people are happy that you fix those things right. then you go home you shower and you eat dinner and you spend time with your family like yeah. i like the the simplicity of that that's not the type of job that i'm in right now no no and there aren't those type of hours it's it's n- crazier hours and you there's a completion to a day when you're doing that and when you're doing this you like you never feel like there's you've completed anything you just exactly. feel like you're catching up and
1: and we can't we can't really picture Michael showalter in that world even as, <laughs> <laughs> <if> the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike can get
11: dirty, can get dirty.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I see him as a museum curator which
11: the world needs
1: yeah sure when so when you went from that world, that long Island world of being around those kind of people into the city and being with these kind of eccentric creative types was that easy for you, or was that uh something you struggled with?
11: No, it was easy because I think there was a side of me that w- was very similar to them and that mm-hmm. you know had a very similar sense of humor and I mean the reason we all kind of enjoyed each other and got along from the very beginning is because uh, is because we made each other laugh and we, you know, um, surprised each other and came in with, you know, when we, would, we wrote, we wrote a lot of sketch when we were together. It wasn't like an improv group. And so, um, we were constantly bringing in pieces that, um, uh, that surprised each other and excited each other. And so I never felt like I was outside looking in. I, that, that group of people, um, It was very easy to kind of immerse myself right away. Right away. Right away. That's great. I mean, you know, like um, I was well before the state happened. I was roommates with David Wayne, um, or actually, the state was happening, and then I was roommates with David Wayne. But um, I just, I, 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 it was easy for me to make friends with people. I, I like people, so I, so all of those people in the state immediately became. My best friends.
1: And yet the characters that you kind of write for yourself, you kind of like to have an asshole
11: edge to you. I found uh, a little niche. I found a little... (laughs) I found something in my wheelhouse. Yeah. uh, Which was, uh, yeah, big, loud, boisterous asshole. I'm a loud, uh, obnoxious guy. There is certainly a loud, obnoxious part of me. I don't think I'm an asshole, but... Mm -hmm. um, it's um, it's fun to play the asshole. Yeah. Uh because uh you're unfiltered and you can say and do whatever you want and you don't have to um the idea is not to be liked but rather to be um hated. Like in 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 this movie, um the the way I'm, I serve the story is to push Paul and Jen away and so and and to give them uh the idea that maybe commune life isn't wouldn't be bad. So in order to do that, you really have to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. You, um, and This character, there's nothing even slightly likable about. Like,
1: some... Most of your... <laughs> most of your asshole characters, there's some kind of positive yeah. meaning.
11: I think, Paul, I think Paul at some point goes, you make it extremely hard to root for you. Or like, yeah. or, like... You make it extreme, like, what did Mom do to you that she didn't do to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, a. Uh, he's, uh, uh, prick. Yeah, he is. He's just Uh, awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Now, generally, like,
1: uh, what you've done in Party Down, uh, there, I think, is such an amazing, amazing character uh, because you do kind of root against him and for him, depending on how he's doing. So if he's... And uh, this has only happened, like... A couple of times, I think um, Hank Kingsley has done it, that character in Larry Sanders, where if the guy's losing, you're like, oh, I hope he gets it. And then the second he gets it, you're like, what a dick. What a dick. I, yeah, hope,
11: yeah. I hope he fails. <laughs> yeah. And that's
1: what I think that Thank you, you. you've wow. created them.
11: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Ron Donald was a great part to get. And, you know, my goal in that was to. Make sure, because he he could come off as just a an absolute prick, and I wanted to give him. Um, I wanted to try to give him, um, you know, a. I want. I wanted to figure out a way for you to root for him, because mm. and in order to do that, I, uh, I I basically tried to ground him and make him as passionate about and and genuinely uh, uh, concerned about succeeding in his life and I, I, uh, I just wanted to create a character that there was a good guy inside he just didn't understand how to communicate he didn't have good uh, people skills and he was in a position where he was in charge of a lot of people
1: Right, <laughs> and there was always this backstory, of course, with the fact that you know he had a addictive personality, right. and then you would just pull the fucking rug out on him, let him yeah. fall again,
11: yeah, let him get hurt well that i mean that's all in the in the the writers of it they they just mm-hmm. made they they made great turns for him, so it was easy to you know play that and you know and then of course that's that's why you feel for him so much mm-hmm. know, i think at times and then also why you hate him so much cuz as soon as he comes out of it he's back to being um he doesn't learn his lessons at right. all
7: <laughs>
11: yeah. uh, he's uh, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's an idiot.
1: <laughs> How long before you know you've got the the right amount of assholeness in any of <laughs> any of these characters? Like you say, you you've you've taken you know in Wanderlust you've gone way further with it. Yeah, but you know even going back to Diggers, the guy was like an asshole until you're like. Well, wait a minute. He's, there's a heart of gold underneath all right. there, and he's sacrificing. So there's always uh, different levels. Uh,
11: you know, it, it until Wanderlust. You know, I always felt that if somebody's being an asshole, they are being an asshole because they're misunderstood, mm-hmm. and there's something else going on. And so, like in Diggers he was a loud guy and he had a big bark but he was a pussycat Mm. and and he was a much more extreme version of my dad who like was a was a loud guy at times but like the only reason that he was doing any of the things that he was doing was to support his family and because he loved his wife and kids but he was a you know he was a guy who you know was struggling with how to communicate about certain things, and and um, and but but it all came from a beautiful, real, passionate, loving place. Uh, uh, um, Rick in Wanderlust isn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a real damaged fucking guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting that you know you talk about your dad being a um, a complex character because for a writer and an actor that's the first person that you ever look at particularly right. when uh you're a boy you're like well there's a man how does this whole thing work and to be able to say like you know somebody has trouble communicating which that almost entire generation
7: yeah
1: you know did have trouble communicating <laughs> yes. at home um because they didn't know what to tell us you know right. what I mean like <laughs> it wasn't
11: it wasn't unusual he wasn't right. like special in that sense where like he was like everybody's like how come that guy's not being able to you know how come that guy's not able to communicate <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah talk to us richie what's going on yeah. everybody was like
1: <laughs> yeah they were all like that and uh but of course all held it together but that's the first person i think that every young man sits down and looks at you know and you know have a, it's the first time that you go Wow, I was completely wrong about what I thought about, you know, my childhood or what I thought the circumstances were. Or, you know, I mean, it's the first time that you go back and re-change things and think this thing was more complex for me. Um uh, so I think that it's really interesting that you were able to even pick up on that uh as a kid, you know?
11: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, you you when when you're ch- when when you're a child, you you everything's very simple. I, you know, mm-hmm. I've been watching my son. I have a three-year-old, a five-year-old son, and a three-year-old daughter, and um, you know, watching how they live their lives, and and I and I'm constantly looking at how my son, trying to figure out how my son, perceives me, and like what, how he, like what what is he at what point does he kind of pull something out and go, oh that's that's what dad does, or that's dad does that, so I'm gonna do that, and what. what what i am to him you know and and um it's really it's just really interesting to watch and how he turns these corners of like now he understands i'm an actor like he just figured out that i'm an actor and my mother sent over this like we had this what do you call the little um the i'm, I'm blanking on the uh was it clapboard, the clapboard. and I, I had this like clapboard that was given to me from a play or something and my mother was cleaning out her basement in long island and she sent all the shit to la and so i have like this old clapboard and my son grabbed it and but Truglio was playing with him like and and showing him what you do with it and um and he put it together that. That has something to do with acting, and so now he's running around doing that, and he's like, "Okay, Daddy's in, uh, you know, uh, in the park," uh, and everybody laughs, and he clicks it, and then we all laugh, and so he understands that right. like I'm an actor now, and so he's doing like he's doing right. that. of course, which is terrifying because I don't want my son to be an actor, sure, <laughs> particularly when he has such an oversimplified
1: idea. Hey, how exactly, exactly.
11: And everybody Every- laughs. All right,
1: exactly. that was easy enough. Exactly. <laughs> you don't understand; it's much harder than that. Uh, It's actually actually not. (laughs) (laughs) But that is weird that you know that this, you know, we're talking about how difficult it is to put together who your dad is. He's now going to figure out who everybody in the state was and why you guys are in and out of each other's projects. Yeah. It's a... It's going to be a
11: strange trip. A, it's day. also going to be very difficult to explain most of the projects I've done and what I've done in those projects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I keep, I'm going to keep apologizing, like, right. you can't watch that yet. No, don't. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I get uh, a sever- <laughs> severely uh, raped in the 10 sure. by Rob Corddry. <laughs> Children's Hospital Children's alone. Children's Hospital is alone. Just, I don't even know what to say to him. And then, uh, I have a mouth like a sailor and diggers. And I, what am I? How do I explain Rick to him? I don't even. No, I no, wonder. No, no, I know, right? no, no, do. No, I, I, I would put him up for adoption. Put him now. Up for adoption, I'm, I'm gonna text. my wife and just get that ball
1: rolling, rather than just have this
11: really awkward conversation. Oh, see, it would have been so much easier if i was just a plumber or you know like yeah. cleaning cesspools which is <laughs> 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 a very admirable profession it and uh, I, I absolutely your shit is our bread as a matter of fact rick in yeah. rick in the movie is a uh is a uh, cesspool guy he's yeah, he well,
1: owns he, potties yeah the little johnny on the spots or whatever they're called yeah, yeah. yeah so shit does play such a big <laughs> if it's not if it's you're not working with shit you're being an asshole I don't really think we even need a therapist in here. No, I think no, we've... we've
11: we've we've made so many breakthroughs. Yeah. <laughs> um so the, there you go. Good night. The...
1: <laughs> so many of the projects that you do I think that's interesting is that the audience never seems like they're done with it. Everybody wants to see, you know, another uh wet hot yeah. remake. Everybody wants to see Come Back with Party Down. Everybody is always going. i like win. to see that. Yeah, when's the state getting back together? So, it happens almost a constant basis with you that you leave them wanting more, whether that was what you set out to do or not.
11: Certainly not the intention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like getting canceled. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's nice. It, it's 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 been pretty um, amazing that uh, you know we did this sketch show back in the mid '90s, and people have have kind of. Grabbed onto it and stayed, remained f- fans of it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 small slice of people who are fans are fans of the state remain fans of it. I'm never going to have a power bar again. It literally just keeps going right. up <laughs> and going back down. Uh, I just want you to remember that was Mark Zito that brought you that. I know you gave I mean, him and I, and a I lot mean, of credit for I it. I know. I was very thrilled about Mark Zito, but now I feel like he poisoned me. Um, <laughs> So, fuck you, (laughs) Mark (laughs) Z.
1: That's what we normally end up saying almost on a daily
11: basis. (laughs) Um,
1: But let's go back to Party Down. Everybody wants to see that as a movie or coming back again. Now, what is it like when you've got great actors like that? Every single episode clicked with the fans. I mean, it was one of those shows where you're like, oh, great, another one's on. You couldn't wait for it. And then when it doesn't get renewed for a third season it just feels like like as being a fan is like what am i insane how did how does this Well nobody watched ending?
11: it. I mean nobody watched it on on Showtime nobody knew about I mean uh, on uh, Stars I don't even exactly, know what network that's it's
1: perfect. on. <laughs> Cuz where the hell do you find Yeah. Stars? It was on Stars.
11: <laughs> I'll be honest with you I, I didn't have Stars. <laughs> yeah. So I just watched it off of Netflix which a lot of people did so the numbers didn't really kind of reflect the people who were watching it because a lot of people were watching it on on Netflix but even yeah. that group that was watching it on Netflix it was a small group of people you know it's an interesting thing the more freedom you we were talking about this before the more freedom you have the more singular your voice is right mm-hmm. and so the more singular your voice is the more niche it's going to be the more you're going to have There's breakout, the breakout things that, like, you know, Louie, where, like, it it catches on, or, like, Arrested Development catches on, and, like, people, you'll get a bigger audience. But, like, for the most part, if you have, if you're doing something where, where not a lot of people are involved, it's, it, there's a chance that it could be special. And if it's special, um, it's special because it's different. And if it's different, not everybody's gonna like it. And so, um, there's, you know, there'll be a small group of people who cling on to it, and uh, chances are it'll get canceled pretty quickly, or it'll go away pretty quickly, because it's not for everybody. But mm-hmm. the people that it is for love it. And I think they love it because it's good, but they also love it because it's not for everybody. So when you, when you, get, when you have the freedom to do something like... When nobody's really kind of telling the writers of Party Down what to do you get a show like Party Down. When nobody's really telling this, us when we were doing The State what to do, you get moments of really interesting, cool, original sketch, and sometimes just kind of crappy sketch. But nobody was really telling us, and we were just kind of making up our own rules, and so I think that's why it resonates or has resonated for so long with certain people, because it's special to them. Uh, and nobody was telling us, "Oh, make it more like this, or make it more like that mm. and um you know, I think David Wayne has such a specific, unique, singular voice um I say singular, even though I write a bunch of the stuff with him um when we when we get together we we try to create something that is fresh and not the same. Mm. And so, you know, um, to try to do that, um, I'm now segueing into Wanderlust, and to try to do that uh, with a, a big studio movie was a, an interesting task, and it, and you know, uh, difficult but um, um, enjoyable. But it was hard, you know, to kind of walk that line between mainstream and still keeping, you know, that. That unique or singular kind of take on things that—that that made you who you are, that made you, you know, um, have a group of people who are like, "I like that shit you do. Right. Don't stop doing that." You know, does that make sense? No, it does, that does make any sense. You
1: know, it doesn't make sense. I kind of went
11: like seven different directions. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but, but don't you think if you're running a network or a movie studio, the, like you just go, "I'm going to find some talented people." I'm gonna bankroll them and let them do what they do and try to stay out of their way. How come that doesn't happen? How come you just don't l- find executives who don't think?
11: Uh, well, I think w- that want to
1: trust into this idea.
11: I mean, I think I think to a certain extent they do. the s- The smart the smart ones do. Yeah. And I think that like Universal, I mean they they. Uh... Powerbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Thanks, I Really um, appreciate
11: it, but... Um... Not a good endorsement of Power Bar. No, it isn't. <laughs>
7: um,
11: you know, they 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 did do that. You know, to some extent. You know, they they hired David and myself, um, because they they wanted something in our voice. Um, but of course, they're going to have some say in the matter. It's not a you know half million dollar movie. It's a it's a much bigger movie that they they needed to. Make a certain amount of money, and if you're hiring a bunch of people and you're shooting for a long amount of time and you're put investing a lot of money into a movie you you're going to have some say in that and i mean that's legitimate that's fair um and it's so there are there are people who at big studios who want to do that, but then they also have to be like, okay that's great, but now how does that you know um fit into Getting everybody to watch it uh, opening weekend, you know, and so you have to. That's that's the balance I was talking about.
1: And how uh, how long does it take from, you know, here you and David have an idea to this, you know, Friday it all it all rolls out. I mean, is that a long? Well, I of think
11: time? I think we wrote I think we wrote the first draft of this before we role models kind of came into play, and role wow. models came into play because Paul was doing this movie role models and. Uh, I'll I'll get that later and then um, uh, Paul's doing role models and and I think the director had fallen out and they brought David in eight, eight, eight weeks out and David said I'll do it if I can do a rewrite with my writing partner and so we rewrote that movie along with Paul uh, eight weeks out and shot that and then after that was all done we went back to the script that we had banged out the first draft that we had banged out Prior to that, mm. but the, uh, the 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 I think it's an interesting story. Dave and I have locked ourselves. We because we live on separate coasts, and we have families, and we have other projects we're working on. The only way to write something um, is to kind of set aside like a chunk of time where we can um, just sit in a room and bang something out. And so for the ten and Wanderlust, um, separate times we. Locked ourselves in a room for seven days, uh, committed to working 12-hour days for those seven days, with no idea si- stepping into the room. And the goal um, that we had to have at the end of it was to walk out with a first draft of something. And so we did that with the 10... And with the ten, our experiment with the ten was like, okay, we wrote this thing. Now we're not going to let anybody give us notes, and we're gonna, and you know, and 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 it's definitely reflective of what the movie is, and like you know, like it, there there are things that work and things that don't, but like I love the ten because of that. Like we we're like we're just gonna shoot the script. We you know we honed it, and we worked on it, but we didn't ask anybody's like. We didn't do any read-throughs where we're like, okay, what do you think should happen yeah. here? We were just like, this is what we're going to do. Somebody gave us money to do it, and we're going to do it. And it's it, like a, a sketch movie, essentially. Um, and then with Wanderlust, the same thing. We walked into a room, and uh, we're like, oh, how about a movie about a commune? And then we came out with a movie about a commune, and then spent the next two and a half, three years honing that and rewriting it a thousand times and asking a lot of people uh, what their opinions are, and having a lot of people give input and ideas and thoughts, and that became wonderless.
1: I think the interesting thing, too, is that most of your stuff, people get the perception that it's all being improvised anyway. You know what I mean? Like, everyone looks at this and they go, Oh, God, it was so... F- you know, you could right. being on the set it would be so funny because these right. guys are coming up with ideas. But even with the state, there wasn't a lot of improvisation. No, right? you guys were writing.
11: Yeah, we, write, we well, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because we talk about. I mean, there's definitely improv in yeah. Wandaless and all the all the things yeah. we do. There's improv, but not as much as people think. Right. Um, and we really work hard to write stuff that has a kind of loose, natural kind of. Um, Uh, tone to it, or that kind of takes these weird kind of turns that seem improvisational, but we actually (laughs) wrote them down, (laughs) and we're quite happy with the text, and we're like, you know, um, uh, we felt it was important that the lines were actually (laughs) said. That being said, you know, when you have somebody like Paul Rudd in your movie, and he steps in front of the mirror, you saw the movie, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but, you know, he steps in front of the mirror and he starts talking to himself about... You know, just kind of pumping himself up about you know, um, get, he's get, get, getting ready to. He's the yeah. man. He's getting ready to kind of hit on somebody. Some of a, a good portion of that was scripted, and then and then it, we'd be foolish not to let Paul go off wherever Paul wants to go because he's amazing at that. Yeah, and so the second half of that is just him kind of riffing and you know taking it. You know, much further than we even had it. And so you know there is improv in our in our stuff but yeah it's it's uh it's interesting like uh, i read something just recently about like it's an improv movie and i'm like it's not an improv movie like what are you talking about we spent five years writing it what do you mean
1: i think a lot of it is because as an actor paul rudd always seems like he lacks confidence in right. what he's saying right, yeah. you know yeah. you're like i guess he's coming up with that now well, he
7: comes up
11: with a lot of stuff i mean yeah. don't get me wrong i mean he, you know he's well, awesome at that
1: but you know it's always uh well you get to act and write so i'm sure it's it's less of a slap to you, but when actors even go on a talk show and talk about an improvise something, it kind of it's kind of cheating because you know a Christopher Guest film is an improvised you know movie where everybody's coming up with stuff, but to just change a line or two, but everything else stay, stays the same. Right. I mean that's really the writers and the directors that have set that up. Right, that comfortable place. So the fact that you've changed it from you know coffee to latte, don't, <laughs> don't go on Letterman. Don't call that. Don't call <laughs> it improv. Yeah, don't go on Letterman and go, hey, I came up with that. Fucking
11: <laughs> killed a brand name. I mean, the reality is, is like it doesn't matter what. Like, like we, you know, Dave and I, we spend a lot of time writing something. And we, we, we think it. We, we write it and we we lock it in because we think it's funny and we want to get it shot. And we always do that. Um, but, you know, with the people we're working with, Joe Truglio and Paul and Kerry and, all, you know, just uh, Justin and Alan Alda, unbelievable improv guy, um, you know, they're going to bring in other things. And, and then at that point, you let them do those things. And then in, in post, you look at it and you take the best thing. So it doesn't, it's fine. It Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get upset that um, people improvise because I think, beautiful little nuggets come out of those yeah. beautiful like little moments that that are inspired by the text and so I still feel proud that it came from something we wrote and you know somebody went off on a tangent based on what we wrote Um, but uh, but the idea that like a whole movie is improvised is, is not is not the, it's never the case it's, it's not just not be yeah
1: do you as an actor ever sit down and go oh, I wrote a better part for Alan Alda than I did myself you know I mean he's you know, does that sometimes get to the actor side of you? I mean, you look over and, you know, Alan Alda's killing and you're like, oh, he's got more scenes than me.
11: No, than I wrote this. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I try, I, I feel like I've, I've, in the movies that I've had any control over, um, I've given myself very nice parts mm-hmm. that I'm happy with and um you know when you have when you're lucky enough to have somebody like Alan Alda or which and is Jim still even, Yeah,
1: it's still kind of crazy to say he's in your movie too, right? I mean, it's I mean
11: talk about fucking nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like because like you know what on on our dream list the top of it was Alan Alda and we're like right. yeah but we yeah, you're not gonna get Alan Alda to be in a movie about a bunch of people fucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I think the way it went down was uh, he had read the script and I think he passed uh, respectfully, and then David wrote him kind of a passionate letter um just talking about how how much we admire him and and um a lot of just wonderful positive things and and then uh alan responded to that and and wrote David an, e- an email back kind of talking about uh, how wonderful that letter was and he was thinking about it and he was reconsidering it and then they happened to be vacationing in the same place the same time or that was coming up. It's not stalking? This actually not, it's not, was... I don't think it's stalking. Right. I don't think, and, so, and so David... Uh, and so they sat down. There was one day overlap and mm-hmm. David sat down with him and pitched the movie again. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's great.
11: And it was, you know, it's Alan Alda. It's yeah. like... And then when he showed up, everything you think about Alan Alda just like times it by a hundred because right. he's like, you know, you think he's like super smart and funny and friendly and just like that laugh and he's just, yeah. he's just this charming guy and he's all of those things but like, you know, magnified. And uh, just great work throughout his whole life.
1: I mean, the Woody Allen films alone that he's done and, yeah. and you know, The MASH and I don't know whether you've ever even seen these science shows that he'll do, like yeah, he yeah. just host these like... This brilliant, brilliant guy. Yeah, super
11: smart, and he's yeah, a, yeah He's a does he, does he does he just does a voiceover? Or is he well, he does
1: that, and then he'll sit down and interview scientists, right. and it'll be like entertaining, and like you'll be oh, I can get that, and then like you said, you go and put him in this movie where he's playing an old hippie who right. you know is kind of a fuck up.
11: I <laughs> and he, you know, it, 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 talking about improv, you know, yeah. we we tr- like we like I said, we we would do the text, and then we kind of let them. The actors in the scene kind of run with it a little bit, and he was like other level with the shit he was bringing yeah. and it wasn't like just going for jokes he was he would just immerse himself in the character so deeply and he's so smart that he would be able to go in these all of these different directions, and everything was so grounded and real and funny and like interesting you know he was talking about there's a scene where he's like he's talking to Paul about. Well, just remember, money buys nothing. You know, <laughs> yes. and Paul's like, well, it buys some things. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and Alan's like, no, 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 no. Money buys nothing. And, and Paul's like, right, but literally... <laughs> Money can buy something. And then, and then, and he's like, no, 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 no. You hear that bird? Can you put a, you know, can you put a price tag on that bird? And like, he just kind of went off on this whole thing of like, you know, like being born and like, what is that worth to you? And like, just kept going on and on about it. And it was just like, we, we couldn't, we couldn't yell cut because it was, he just would go deeper and deeper into like these real kind of took a real stance on like money buys nothing. And like, by the end of it, we're like, well, maybe money does buy nothing, I guess. I don't, really convincing me. Yeah, I
7: think that's
1: one of the funny things about the movie because at the end of it, you you do think a commune would be kind of cute, cool to live in for a while, you know. And I certainly didn't go in there with right. that attitude. Right.
11: Well, you know, you know, it, we it, we intentionally tried to create a world that wasn't just a joke, you know. Mm-hmm. We, and we tried to do that in role models as well. Where, right. excuse me. um uh, you know where it's so easy to it would be so easy to kind of just make fun of the the larpers right the guys right. you know who do all, all the f- battling and stuff like that but they're real people and they're people who enjoy something and so we wanted to embrace that in a in a real way so it didn't yes it's silly and yes there is funny things about it but th- these are passionate people who are excited about something and 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 have a good time doing it and so why not show that side too and so when we did uh, this movie you know we wanted to embrace the same thing like yes there's they're kooky characters and they're kind of they live on the fringe and they're you know there's some weird people and they're th- and people there for different odd reasons but like the concept of it and the idea of kind of not worrying about the stresses of life and just kind of Simplifying everything—that's a real beautiful uh, approach to life and a a legitimate concept. And so we wanted to um, explore that and embrace that, while still, you know, adding like some (coughs) fucked-up characters.
1: Right. And the weird thing is, like, you—you didn't set out to do that when you walked into that empty room with the empty notebook. You didn't even know that you were going to be talking about communes at all, right? I mean, no. I mean, I think.
11: I, I will say that when we walked in the room the second time, I think David had in the back of his head he wanted to. We we watched it. We loved a movie. Uh, we we both love this movie called uh, foreign movie called uh, Together, about a commune in the seventies, and about people trying to make that work. And it's a really amazing movie. Um, but we took we took a moment from that movie that we thought was really funny, and we're like, okay, so what would happen if you actually made a mainstream version of that? With a couple that went, you know, like... So we started... That was like the first day of talking about what we're going to write. Right. And so, yeah. So when we walked in... I think Dave had in the back of his head he always wanted to do a commune movie. hmm And then when we walked in that room, that, that, that sparked that conversation. And then we went... We followed that path.
1: Do you have a thing for 70s films you like? Uh, because I think of that because Diggers reminds me... I mean, it's set in the 70s, but... It reminds me so much of a '70s film.
11: Yeah, I love '70s films. I, you know, I mean, you know, you you were talking about Barry Levinson and and, yeah. and Diner. I mean, Diner was a uh, a big part of my growing up. I just remember when that movie came out and watching it, and it was like, you know, when you had, um, um, you know. HBO or whatever, whatever the case you know, like I, I would sit in front of the TV and watch movies over and over and over again. You know, Mother's Jugs and Speed and shit like that. You know, you'd watch uh, Duchess in the Dirt Water Fox. (laughs) You know, like, and and Diner was one of those movies where like it just happened to be on like all the time, and so I'd watch it. Um, And then I think I got a VHS of it, and Mm. like then I constantly watch it over and over again. And so I mean, there's a lot of similarities between. Diner and Diggers, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, just kind of following these four characters, and it's a slice of life, and, you know, like, what they're dealing with in that world, and how they're dealing with it. So, um, I guess, is Diners din is from the 80s, actually? Early right? 80s, yeah. But, um, but you know, uh, I, I, I grew up, and then in college, you watch a lot of, you know, yeah. 70s movies, and um, breaking away is another one I think. Breaking Digger, away, yeah, yeah, reminds me of. Yeah, there's, but, there's, yeah, there's a lot of tonal, tonal stuff in there. Yeah. But it's almost like people
1: had more time to let characters kind of unfold them, where now you do have to bring move, more jokes in. I think. You, move it you, a clip. Yeah, yeah.
11: yeah. Well, um, you know, you do a movie like Diggers, you can let stuff breathe a little bit yeah. and be a little bit more lyrical and and have like um, take a little more time with stuff. But in a movie. In a mainstream movie yeah it's just it's a different language now you can't you can't let stuff kind of sit and uh, it's a shame actually and i and i don't <clears throat> think that
1: most people realize that the filmmakers are making a choice and for them you know what i mean like in other words, you know that you could go back and do these kind of films, but you would have a harder time you know finding an audience
11: well i don't think that. the the attention span of uh, a person going to see a movie now is just different and 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 the expectations of a of, of a you know um, a viewer is is just different and you the language changes and it evolves and so you can't you can't do the same things that you were you were it was you know that that you were able to do back then because Mm -hmm. you it it feels old or it feels stale it feels dated right but if you do it properly uh, or if you do it well and you capture that little extra thing you know it it can work but it but uh, for the most part it'll it'll probably feel a little you know dated and um um rehashed you uh direct with tv do you uh, do you want to
7: do
1: this with film do you oh is, yeah yeah that's the next goal
11: yeah i mean you know D- dave and i the way we work is he you know we 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 work very closely with each other and um we'll write something and then i'll kind of hover over his shoulder and annoy him while he's trying to direct something and constantly be in his ear Mm-hmm. and watch what's going on and say oh you need to grab that don't don't forget <coughs> to grab that and we work well together doing that power bar It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> gnarly I'm sorry <laughs> Um uh, but I mean I, you know and and I, and I w- but I would love to uh you know direct a, a film uh you know by myself yeah at some point Um you know I have I've had the uh, luxury were the um the uh, the luxury of 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 directing a number of ch- uh, children's hospitals right. and I did the last party down uh, which is
1: almost like a small film the way everything
11: pulls together yeah the yeah last The, party the down. yeah the with the jay Lynch getting married yeah, that one, yeah. It, it that was a uh, yeah that was a big one and we were tying up a lot of stuff because yeah. we knew <laughs> that we might not be coming back yeah. Um, every, se- actually the first season and the second season were both like, because people's contracts were one year contracts, they designed it in such a way where like, we're, we're ending this season, we're ending the season, but we could also be ending anybody's storyline, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I've had the, I've, 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 I've I've gotten that experience uh, uh directing those things and I would love to break off and and do a movie. I wanted to do Diggers, but um uh the people who were backing it, I had not directed anything at that point and uh you know they they said, "Well, can you you can be in it or you can direct it." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Okay, I'd like to direct it." And they're like, "It would be great if you were in it." <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if you were in it. You should really be in it. <laughs> and i was like, "All right."
1: The the funny thing is, like, just from a press point of view, though, it's always better to take the young guy who hasn't directed it and give him that film because that seems to be the storybooks, you know, thing that they love to run with, you know.
11: Right. Well, you say young guy. Yeah. Who uh, <laughs> <You> was? <were. laughs> Twenty years ago, as a yeah. young guy. Uh, so this is uh, this is an
1: exciting time for you with Wonderless coming out and all these other projects that people want to see. You know, everybody wants to see the movie from Party Down. Everybody wants to see uh, the Wet Hot 2. Are these projects you think going to happen, or they all still kind of up in the air?
11: Um, Party Down, you know, I, your guess is as good as mine. I think that I, I could say this. I know they're writing a script, mm-hmm. and uh, I know everybody wants to do it. Um, to say anything more than that would be um, presumptuous. I yeah. mean, I think that I know there are people interested. If it gets made, I I I'm, I couldn't... I wouldn't be I, I couldn't be happier yeah. that 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 if that happens and, and um I I'll believe it when I'm on set. Yeah. And then the Wet Hot movie, you know, that's Mike and um David and if they uh if they bang something out and get it going, I think that would be great. Well it's Wanderlust uh
1: this uh, weekend. I told you I saw there was just wall-to-wall laughs. Thanks. And it's,
11: That's good to hear. I'm really... Uh, <laughs> Please go see it.
1: Yeah. I'm really happy for you, too, man. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much you. for
11: coming in. Well, you're just a wonderful guy, and it Thanks. was nice to talk to you for a while. Camarino,
1: everybody. let there. <laughs>
11: Thanks so much. Thank you. Me. Thank you. It was fun.